If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Oh, what is going on, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, it, it's tradition at this point, but here we are. We are uh, three days past UFC 288, and we've got something different. Normally, it's myself, and we bring in uh, the gold standard <laughs> of, of, of MMA interviews and guys uh, in, in Drew Dober. But also, we've got Patrick from Addicted to Combat as well. So we're, we're teaming up. Everybody's yeah, I'm here. I'm the healing. I like this. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I dig it. The more, the merrier. Let's have everyone on. Absolutely, dude. Let's get them all. I'll send the link out to everybody. Uh, everybody can get in here. So let's just. I didn't. I didn't get the 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 uh, the tank top memo though. If I'm being honest, nobody. I don't know if you guys talked about this beforehand, but I didn't. We did. The, uh, We're like traps out, you know. <laughs> I mean, the sun's finally out. We can barely wear clothes now. So it's happening. All right. Well, sky, sky's out. Thighs out. I got my chubbies on too under my desk. I mean, I, I'm not even wearing pants. So. <laughs> well, that's that's standard. Uh, that's standard podcast the dress code. So I can appreciate that. All right, man. So let's talk about this. UFC 288 took place this last weekend. Um, we obviously know, you know, how things shook out. Uh, I got steamrolled on oh, Saturday. Man, here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Dude, I saw you. I saw you before the fight. Everything looked good. You were moving good in the cage. Um, it did. There were shades of the Brad Riddell fight where it looked like you got a little angry and you wanted to get back every time he was touching you. But what were you seeing in there? What was, you know, kind of walk me through the process here. Um, Honestly, I felt confident in there, man. I, I felt like uh, everything we game planned, everything we thought of, um, I mean, he was, he was wild. Uh, I was able to see all his strikes. I was even thinking to myself in the cage, like, like I could fight like this for 15 minutes. Like mm-hmm. we're good. And then, uh, yeah. And then um, I found his body, hit him with a liver shot and I felt him wince. And I was like, oh, his body's hurt. We're going to keep going to that. And, uh, man, it's boxing one-on-one. If you're going to throw the body, you either set it up or you come back up to the head or you pour your hands back to your face. Either way, man, I broke those rules and paid for it. So I, I hit him in the body, didn't bring my hands back. But uh, And then, yeah, and then he countered. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if you've known Matt Frihola, but he hits hard. So <laughs> I made one mistake and ended up on my back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, we, we knew he was going to hit hard, um, and we know he's a bigger guy too, right? I mean, he balloons back up. You know, he's mid one eighties, almost one ninety. Come fight night, you know, he he loves to post stuff with his weights and stuff like that. You you came into this looking leaner um, than I think I've seen you look before, and you were moving really well. Uh, I'll send you the video. There's I, I'm yelling. He doesn't like the body shot. He doesn't like the body shot. And then you know you you were hunting for it. So. Let's talk about it. So he 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 tapped you, he booped you, you fell down. Uh, there was a bit of a scramble, and then Herb jumped in. Now you seemed, on my end, to be pretty with it. Um, what was your initial reaction during that that heated scramble? Yeah, you know it's uh, the best described with uh, man. Like I was going to that body, I was getting ready to throw to that body, right? I go for it, and then I end up on my back. Yeah. And I was like, oh, how did I end up here? Um, and so then I like wanted to salvage the situation and protect myself. Um, but, um, I mean, there was a time lapse and I don't know how long there was, but to me, I felt like Herb stepped in practically immediately. 
And so that was my confusion uh, when he stopped the fight. I was like, man, that, that just happened. What, like, where, what are you doing? Uh, but then, like, watching the film and, uh, man, there was uh, uh, some, uh, some punches on the ground that I wasn't aware of. So I, I won't say it's an early stoppage, um, but the stoppage did surprise me. I got you. I got you. You got anything, Pat? Yeah, it's just one. I wanted to know your opinion, Drew, on uh, like basically the modern era of you know MMA refing. Like there is back in the day. I mean, you go back 10, 15 years, and some of these would be extended, and you'd see how a fight could change. You know, a round one exchange like that could be. Think about like the classic example: Pat Barry and Chet Congo back in like twenty eleven. Like that fight could have been stopped. Herb Dean probably would have stopped it at any number of points in that fight, but we got a whole different result as a uh, as a result of that. So you know. Are you pretty? You seem pretty okay. I mean, you seem like a pretty chill guy. Like you're cool with the stoppage. But uh, what do you think about that? Like, do you are you more on the side of fighter safety, or do you think we should see you know these guys kind of go out a little bit further before we call it quits? Well, I mean, me for me personally, I prefer uh, uh, too late than too early, right. just because I mean we're we're professionals fighting at the largest stage in the world. We we both signed the contract and we know what we're getting ourselves into. And like like I said, we're in the UFC. Like this is this is what we came here for amateurs regional pros stopping a little early but at, on the usc level i mean let us fight till our heart heart's content um but uh i think all sports have kind of been pulling away from that violent side so like you know uh, football you know excessive tackling and mma even in boxing you know people are stepping in they're standing eight counts so i think people are just being a little bit more concerned with concussions um but yeah, I just I, I like to see people fight until they can't any longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think it's also one of those things too where referees should probably be a little bit more cognizant or do their homework a little bit better as to, as to who the fighters are engaging in this? Right. I I think of I think of the Frivola thing, and then I also think of your fight with Terrence McKinney. And I think if if you apply that same standard to the Terrence McKinney fight. Herb jumps in in the first 13 seconds of that fight. I mean, you got to allow, you know, you guys and girls to work a little bit more. Um, some obviously more than others, uh, but I mean, as a guy who's known for his durability, yeah, you were on the bad end of some shots there, but come on, man, let, let, let the man work a little bit. Yeah. If, if you're aware enough to look up at him and go, what are you doing the moment it happens and then hop back up? Now, granted, you, you had, you know, you had the sea legs, but you hopped right back up. I mean, it wasn't like you, we see some fighters get up and they fall on their face and stuff. I mean, you could physically stand back up and you asked him while making eye contact, what are you doing? I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm salty as well because you're my friend. So. Yeah, you know, it was, <laughs> it was earlier than like I would have expected. Sure. But too early. I don't think so. I think okay. I agree with Herb. You should have been one of those guys that, you know, wrestles the ref. You know, they have to pull the guy off of him. You ever see that? <laughs> I like that. You, you, just, you snap into all your wrestling training you probably prepared for for Frivola. That, that would make his, his call more uh, a relative. Yeah, Drew just started fighting Herb all of a sudden. Have you ever gone back and watched Herb, Herb's fights? Have you ever seen his stuff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got some pretty cool calls, yeah. uh, some pretty not-so-cool calls. Yeah. Uh, Man, it's just the line of anyone's work. Like, right. we all mess up. Some of us get steamrolled. You know, it's like we make mistakes every once in a while. No, I'm saying like his actual MMA fights. Have you seen Herb's like actual fights? Oh, no, I haven't actually. Oh, I'll, I'll, I got you. I'll, I'll, all right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up with some links. So I will say this. I'm, 
maybe because I'm paying more attention to it because of I was emotionally invested in this one. Um, I feel like there's a little bit of heat, like a little bit, a little bit of hater came out in people this time. What, I mean, you weren't talking a whole bunch of trash this time. Have you noticed a little bit more of a chippiness in the MMA fan base after this fight? Um, yes and no. I mean, uh, yeah, Kevin Hart, as Kevin Hart and Cat Williams have said, it's like, you know, the more popular you get, the more haters you're going to have. Mm. And, uh, man, I just love that uh, people are chirping a little bit more because that just means there's more, uh, you know, heat around my name. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm the crimson chin. I can't get knocked out, you know, this and that. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, we all can. And I showcased it. So, uh, so yeah, people are going to take this opportunity to run their mouths. So, let them. Yeah, there was, there was quite a bit of that. Well, let me ask you this. Your wife didn't make the trip with you. Um, you go back. What was what was her thoughts? She just want to make sure you're okay. How did that How did that shake out? Yeah, I think we're all disappointed. I think I think really the disappointing part was like the, the half a paycheck. You know, we didn't get the win bonus. Uh, so that that was the unfortunate part. But uh, man, we all lose. Like right. I don't know. I don't think we're like we even talked about it. I was more banged up after my wins than I did this loss. Right. Like I was hurting so bad after the Bobby Green fight, after the Terrence Bikini fight, after the Rafael Alves fight. This fight, like I came home, like eh, I have a black eye. That's it. Yes, yeah, not bad. That's not bad. What you oh. got, Pat? Oh, what you got? What? Yeah, no, no more injuries. That that was it. Just the just a little bit of lacerations at the face. No, yeah, to uh. The continuation about the the late stoppage and or early stoppage. Um, one thing that I guess people aren't aware of, and you know, pl- clear the air. I don't think there was going to be a second round, mm. uh, even if I was able to like you know survive or if or. So I had to get fifteen stitches in my eyebrow, and y'all can see it. Yeah, that's yeah. good. You know, yeah. Uh, so it was a head kick that like I pulled and like his big toe or something it landed and split me wide open. Right. Maybe that's what Herb Dean saw. Um, but I mean, it was so deep and like like the, the gash was huge. I think this doctors might have stopped that fight, you know, going into the second round. So uh, with that being said, that's the only injury I have. But that's also why I'm not really worried about the the stoppage at all. Because I'm like, yeah, I don't think we would have had a second round regardless. Right. Um, have you had that split open before like that? No, this is the other side. So oh, okay. Matt Favola made me symmetrical. Very so now I got scars on both sides now. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I split this eyebrow the whole way, the whole length of it. Uh, well, you can see it. I've got like the scar that runs it because I, I hit mine on a table, though. It wasn't because I was punched. Um, I hit it on a table when I was a wee lad and then it was split open in a fight many, many, many moons ago, which really laid it all open. So it's good, man. That's so it'll be fun next, next time yeah. you know, somebody will sneeze, you'll sneeze too hard and it'll open back up again. No well, so now I got that Nate Diaz leather face going on right now. So Dude, did you watch that press conference today <laughs> oh or any of it? How, outrageous. I saw, the comment, I saw the reporter's comment about uh, fighting his brother or something. Oh yeah, man. What a, what a weirdo. Like, <laughs> That's crazy. Just it's- trying to pick a fight with Nick like over a media day. I don't know. That's outrageous. But obviously, we're talking about it, so it's it's doing its purpose. I guess yeah, so. Exactly. How would you? I mean, you're. I know you're chill, so you probably wouldn't react angrily. But what's some? Has anybody ever said anything like really wild to you in an interview or anything like that? 
I wouldn't say like I wouldn't say like live interview, but I do get like trolls on the internet like eager to fight me and prove themselves to me and stuff like that. So I know man, the internet's full of the circus acts. I haven't really came across it in person though. Yeah, Pat, I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you now. So I got to meet Drew in person at 288, and uh, yeah, shook, yeah, shook the man's hand. His I can't confirm his hand is 100 knuckle. There's no other. <laughs> there's no other part of his hand. It's it's yeah. all knuckle. So um, it was like grabbing like a hold of like a a piece of weathered cedar wood. Man, the guy's just, just, just a hoof. Just a no, <laughs> 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 oh, man. It's just it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. No, so. what's uh, Dover? What's next? I know you got the. Um, I heard Dale mention you have a kid that's coming on the way soon. But next time you get in the cage. How's the matchmaking process, uh, process been like for you? You've mentioned in the past. I've seen interviews. You said it's kind of tough to find opponents. Um, how does this setback sort of change that? Yeah, it opened up. Now people, more people are available. <laughs> um, yeah, like the options are limitless now. I mean, we look at, I mean, probably, you know, we could try to get another top 15 that Renato Milcano, you know, when he, you know, gets back into it, uh, we can do a short notice replacement if any Dan Hooker or Turner get injured. Um, like, you know, like there, there's options in the 15, but now like just right below 15, like, man, there's like Michael Johnson, Mark Daikisi, uh, uh, Joel Alvarez, man, like the list goes on and on and on and on. So now, we got options and so now it's not about the who it's uh the when because right. we, we have no idea what my daughter's going to be like and uh how i'm going to train through that but we're going to find ways can can i be can i be an internet dad for a second so because I, I i try to dad everybody listen to the show anyway so i'm just going to dad a little bit longer here i'm ready um, I didn't get a lot of time off after my kids because I, I don't have a job that affords me a lot of time off. So, you know, two, three, four weeks, if that. Um, those beginning weeks and months are not only ones that you never get back, but they're ones where the kids are never the same like that ever again. So like two to three is very similar, right? But like one week to six months, Nothing is ever like that again. Like there's no, it's so different from time to time. So as much as selfishly, I would love to see you capture that, that lightweight all-time uh, knockout record, which will one day be yours. And we, we both know that as much as I want to see you do that, um, bro, don't discount just taking the summer and hanging out and enjoying her and your wife and just chilling for a little bit. So I know you want to get back in there. I understand how this whole thing works, but I'm just, let me dad you for a second. Just enjoy it, bro. I think I think we got like this this uh, this good idea of like how that's going to work. Okay. Um, I have a nasty habit of doing too much in the gym, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like if, in comparison, the uh, the pandemic, mm-hmm. like the gyms were closed, you couldn't leave your house, and but I still had a fight to train for. So we 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 changed the too much to like what was enough enough okay. training for that day and then we're only training for like an hour and a half any more than that is just excessive so man I, I feel like we got a good system of like i pick an hour and a half you know in that particular day sure. you know we go get that work done real quick come back and then i have like 22 and a half hours left uh with my baby so Fair um 
now I'm going to need some help with my wife and uh, we got to figure out the exact juggling act before she goes back to work. Right. Um, but when it comes to the idea of maybe fighting in like a July, August or something, like we can make it work okay. as long as I don't get like Patty Pimblet fat in the off season. No, I don't think you will. I don't That's think. a good fight right there. I'd love to see yeah. that. I mean, my dad bod's loading right now. You'd be impressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what I thought was interesting is you've been saying we'll just we'll talk about him for a little bit. We're not going to give him a lot of shine. You were talking we you've been calling out Patty, saying he's protected. We've been talking about how you know what that fight would look like and how it would shake out. We've been talking about that for almost a, the better part of a year now. It seems like, and he refuses to say your name out loud. And then Frivola beats you. Frivola calls him out, and Patty responds and says, "Yeah, we can make that work as soon as I can start training again." What what's your assessment of that? How the hell does that make any sense? I mean, I think it's it goes without being said. There's somebody that Patty did not want to fight. So, um, yeah, I don't know. At this point now, me saying Patty Pimblet on like a public forum is just a joke at this point. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, I'm still waiting on his for him to call me back. Right. <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, it was just more like uh, just a joke. It was like, all right, well, now since I lost, am I more enticing? <laughs> right. Well, let me say, let me ask you. This. So go back to the fight for a split second. One thing I noticed that you were doing, you were doing an excellent job of drawing out that right hand of uh, of of Matt. Was that sort of you know, was that sort of part of the game plan? Was to get him swinging wild like that, and then slowly start wearing him down? Because you had mentioned the body work. You were definitely pull. I mean, you were you were you were throwing a lot more feints than you normally do. You were very much in and out. Like, were you just trying to get him to overwork himself? What was that game plan like? Yeah, the game plan was he was going to bring in that chaos. He was going to be wild and uh, you know unpredictable. So I, I wanted to basically pull out, you know, like let him play his cards. I was going to be the more refined and more polished striker, and I was going to be able to counter or or implement my plan. And, uh, you know, I thought we were working it pretty well. Um, so, like, uh, the, on the positive side, we were able to faint, draw it out, see what he was doing. And if you go back in the fight, like, I was able to pull and move away from a lot of big strikes and, right. and see just fine. Now, the con was um, obviously not bringing my hands up to my face after that body shot. But I think the biggest one was uh, the lack of volume. Yeah. I think um, the way I was fighting Bobby Green was there, there, there was a lot of action. Right. I mean, I was getting peppered a little bit, but like there was there was a lot of action. But when I told myself in this fight that I was going to be more polished and patient, it really just made my 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 striking a little bit more stagnant. Mm. Right. Like I wasn't really throwing as much to where we can throw without the intention of like causing tremendous damage, sure. like a couple leg kicks, a body kick. I can throw a spinning move that will miss completely, like just more volume. So I think the patience, unfortunately, led into inactivity, which allowed uh, um, Favola to look a little bit more superior. So it's just you know something that we're gonna have to you know make improvements on. I got you. Yeah, I, I noticed you were. I mean, you did a great job drawing out those feints. I mean, he looked like he was throwing you know fastballs like like first pitch of a baseball game. The way he was loading that right hand up and i was like oh he's just drawing that out at time and time again i mean that's why like i felt so comfortable in there i was like man yeah. i can see everything and like we're good and like all that stuff like i mean i was even like pat myself on the back like oh man we got this back we're like we got this and stuff right and then yeah then i was on my back <laughs> is that like is that durability of yours and that since it's been so long since you've ever been stopped in your career it's only been like one other time right is that something that you kind of know in the back of your head like you can 
march through a storm and, and just to cut somebody off on the cage and get to them? Like you can rely on absorbing a couple of shots. Is that something that is in the back of your mind or no? Uh, yeah, I think it's in the back of my mind that like I'm confident that I'm able to survive some firefights. Uh, yeah. But I don't think like I never go into the fight with the objective that I'm going to, you know, <laughs> take a punch and then give it to him. But I am better in the pocket. Like I, 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 I fight better in the pocket, so I got to stay in the pocket. So unfortunately, you got to take a little bit of damage to stay in that pocket, so you can cause your damage. And so that's kind of like my plan is like, all right, I need to get get into that pocket and stay in it for as long as I possibly can. Um, you know, and for Vol is just he's a power puncher, and I think his uh his wild unorthodox strikes caught me by surprise too. You know, it's like it's really hard to see the the punches that like you don't see in the gym. You know, right. Yeah, I yeah, like the Michael Johnson call. That was good. Yeah, the, like you're uh, you're striking in the pocket is a thing of beauty, man. You almost look like a more refined. Uh, there's one of your fights from a while ago. I can't remember if it was Jason Gonzalez. We're going back a few years where it looked like it looked like that Chuck Liddell fight against Tito on the cage, where he just hammered him with combinations, and the guy eventually crumples. It was an amazing one. So yeah, the, the close range strikes is uh, it was a real treat to see you with Favola while it lasted. And uh, were you surprised that he didn't go for more of a wrestling game plan? Like a lot of people thought that would be the easiest path. Were you waiting for this shot? I was aware of the shot. Like, uh, we wanted to make sure that, you know, he wasn't blowing the smoke in the interviews just so that we can draw my attention away from the wrestling. Right. Like, we wanted to keep in mind that, you know, Favol also grinds out wins via wrestling and jiu-jitsu as well. So we had that in the back of my mind. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we weren't able to uh, to showcase my superior takedown defense. Um, Are you but, uh, with yeah. guys like, uh, like Archie Colgan? Uh, is, is that a guy that's part of your team? Oh, yeah, yeah. Him and I have worked pretty much uh, the most uh, in the last camp with Frivola. Archie and I were kind of had fights back-to-back -back together. So, uh, yeah, we, we trained a lot together. I can dig it. I can dig it. I like the call-outs, man. I, you know, you and I talked about the Joel Alvarez uh, fight before, but Michael Johnson was not something on my radar. Yeah, I like Michael Johnson. I mean, oh, what about the, the Dracar Close? Oh, yeah, Dracar Close, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, at this point right now, to me, it's like I don't care anymore. Like, right, right. I don't have to worry about the rankings anymore. I'm out of them. So now we can like work our way back in, and then so we can drop the political game and just figure out the the when. Like, let's figure out when I can get in there, and uh, we can make that happen. I like it. I like it. So, what's the game plan? I mean, now till that. I mean, we're just waiting for we're just waiting for the baby to come, right? We're just hanging out and just just chilling. Are we still? Yeah. Going? We going to the gym um, every day, or what are we doing? So I went to the gym today. Uh, so we want to kind of just monitor. Uh, I got dropped. I got punched really hard. Yeah. So we got to we had to monitor a mild concussion. Um, so I'm taking kind of like the concussion protocol of like the the certain supplements. I'm going up to the gym, doing some cardio, and just monitoring how I feel. Um, I probably won't do any martial arts training until next week. And then if that works perfectly fine, then like the week after I'll start making contact again, not sparring, but just drills. Right. right. And so we probably won't spar until maybe June. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's, that's the path of getting back into the, uh, the, the, the gym. Now it's a, uh, yeah, we got dropped. We got finished. Uh, hasn't happened since 2011. Um, so, man, insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result, sure. right? So yeah. we gotta, we gotta. So, so Daddy Dober might be a wrestler, you know? Like, <laughs> like I'm a brown belt in jujitsu, man. I have been wrestling up at the Colorado School of Mines. I know how to grapple. Right. I just don't love it. 
Right. You know, like, but I used to grapple back in my earlier fights. And so we might bring that back and uh, we might change it up, you know, freak people out. See uh, my opponents uh, act surprised. Bro, let's see if we can get you like a venom singlet to come out in, bro. Just go. <laughs> come out. No, that, nobody I mean, wants to see me in spandex. Yeah, here we go. Speaking of supplements, ask Drew what are his must take USADA legal supplements for health and performance. Um, you might have to take a multivitamin. I, I do my athletic greens, which is that green powder. Yeah, um, I'll take a USADA approved uh, pre workout. Just to wake me up before I get punched in the mouth, but yeah, when it comes to supplements, I'm not I'm not a big supplement person. For for like a concussion or like injury recovery, I'll take the fish oil and um, you know like various other like herbal stuff that like you know help with inflammation and that kind of stuff. Uh, Thorn gives me a lot of good stuff. Um, but yeah, when it comes to like consistent supplements every single day of my life, multivitamin pre workout. That's it. I mean, we realistic. We should we should probably be asking Pat about supplements. You you can't tell because he's sitting down, but Pat's like six foot seven and three hundred and twenty pounds. No, 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 dude. How those are inflated? <laughs> no, it's, dude. How tall are you? Six foot. You're not six foot tall, are you? Really? Six foot. Yeah. That's oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Big boy. Big but, but, but two two seventy five. <laughs> two seventy five. Okay, but what's your bench press? Uh, four thirty. And yeah, so two of me. You're right, and your and your squat. Uh, that was six forty-five. And your deadlift, seven oh five. Boom! Good God, yeah, well, that's <laughs> that's what that's I do. A supplement I routine I right I just, there. I fight the weights. I fight the the barbells. That's what I do. Yeah, I love <laughs> it. I love it. Yeah. So Pat, what kind of supplement? <laughs> no, uh, that's... that that Alistair Overeem horse meat. That's what you there, need. That's all you. We need. call that gear in the industry. <laughs> uh, never, 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 never. It's all. It's it's yeah. Uh, it's it's all on the up and up here. All right. So we've got baby on the way. We're going to do some, we're going to, what does the, um, let, let me ask you this after, after a fight like that, where obviously there's a little bit of damage that's given out, what's the medical assessment process? Like, how do they determine, cause we always see these articles come out, you know, so-and-so 60 days, no contact, medical suspension, this, that, and the other, is that something that's decided there or further down the line? Do you go see yeah. a specialist? How does that work? Yeah, it's decided there. Um, I mean, immediately, as soon as you get out of the cage, Right. Like you're immediately in that like medical room and they figure they, they stitched me up like immediately. And then they go over like your jaw, your orbital, like your hands, your feet, like they, they, they give you a full physical. Right. And then from that moment, uh, then the commission, I think it's the commission then just gives you a suspension. So I got a 45 day suspension. I feel like they like, they just figure it out that like they just by looking at you and, you know, looking at everything, they go, yeah, you're going to need this much time off. So, um, yeah, I think that's kind of how it's done. And man, that medical thing takes a lot longer than I like, but do you still, do you still do the press conference even after that? Like, you... nah, see, I don't get to talk to the journalists. I don't get to take the pictures. Oh, like, yeah, man. it's only the, the winners only. <laughs> oh man. Did you still get to do the after party thing? Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, uh my big thing is, uh, I, I won't let a, a human or circumstance dictate my happiness. Right. So I like, after we got stitched up, took a shower, I put my post-fight outfit on. We threw that smile in. I was high-fiving and dancing with people. Like, we have fun regardless. Yeah. I think I think the biggest takeaway, um, and I'll just I'll peel back the curtain a little bit, Pat, is, like, uh, went out to the fighter hotel and, and hung out with Drew in the lobby for probably about an hour or so. This was, at like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, maybe? Like, and you got into a fight at 9? 
and it was like, dude, four hours. He and it's he's just like, yeah, I'm just chilling, man, hanging out. I'm gonna take a nap and just you know hang out. And all smiles like this. I you think That's wild, right? Exactly. So you think, yeah, maybe a little. Maybe you're like that a little bit, but you are about to get into a fight in front of fifteen thousand people. You're gonna get like on edge a little bit. Not the case. Like this the whole time. Is and that then, something that's changed over your career? Like now that you're in what, like four, you know, over 40 fights or something like that close to it. Is that something that's changed where you kind of more, or it's always been the same personality ever since the beginning. So it did change, but not like in the way that you, like you're asking, I've always been like this. Uh, I remember back, like way back when, like I was just out of high school. So like maybe amateur just turned pro, whatever. And I had a fight that day and I was like hanging out at the mall with my friends and he goes, but you got a fight today? I'm like, I do. He goes, why are we at the mall? Like, what are you doing? I was like, it's just a day. Like, it's just Saturday. I only have to work for 15 minutes. <laughs> like, if you only had to work for 15 minutes, you wouldn't think about it all day either. Like, that's it. We just, like, we just show up, get my hands taped, we throw down. But, like, the rest of my day doesn't need to be like that. And that's how I like it. Before the UFC, I would sit in the audience like I was a spectator until it was time for me to get my hands taped. Oh, like, man. yeah, I just, I, I love just like, it's just Saturday. Like I'm joining myself, enjoying my time. Now when it changed though, uh, around the time I got signed uh, by the UFC, like I, I told myself that like, this is, this is, has to be work. This is a job. Like this is important. We got to make things happen. And it was like, I gained this seriousness. Mm. Um, and it just didn't translate well. Like I wasn't like having fun and being like fluid and, and like my fights were like, most of them were decisions because like, I was just so like, I don't know, rigid. And uh, we had to talk to a mental coach about, you know, what we need to do to improve. And we just brought back 19 year old Drew Dober, which was like, I was just getting into a fight today and having fun with it. And uh, then I got up my knockout streak going. I don't know if that's scarier. I'm going to be honest with you to just be, I know honest. I'm, I'm full on like the Joker of MMA. I always <laughs> say fighters are all mentally unstable. Mine is the fact that I enjoy giving other people concussions so much and more so like not even my enemies, like, like throwing hands with my friends is probably my favorite pastime. That's weird. For, that's weird for me to, to sort of process the idea of you having an enemy. You seem, you seem very chill and it doesn't seem like you hold a lot of negativity. So, I mean, I'm not going to ask you to name an enemy, but I mean, is that like a, that's a real thing that exists for you? Like you got folks that you feel that way about? Cause you don't, so I don't think I have enemies. Yeah. yeah. I don't, got, I don't have enemies. I don't think there's, there's one guy, the one guy in my career and uh, we were both undefeated amateurs. His right. name's Jimmy Seipel. And um, man, he was just running his mouth. He would win a fight and he'd be like, Drew Do like full on Conor McGregor, like in an amateur fight, like Drew Dober, I want to beat you up, this and that, this and that, man. And then and I'd get text messages like, oh, did you see that guy calling you out? I was like, we're amateurs, like settle down. <laughs> and uh, man, he was like, but he was like good at it. I remember when I went to one of his fights and during the fight, he like pinned this dude up against the fence, looked over his opponent's shoulder and like winked at me. And I'm like, I'm like, damn, like he's good. And so finally it was just like, yeah, let's just fight then. Right. And we did like this full on like production of like bad blood. We hate each other. And it, it came down to like the reason we didn't like each other was because he was like, God soldier and walked out to drowning pool bodies and like wore his like heavy chains, like very hood status, you know? Okay. And like, I was just like this 
you know, goofy little white boy running around, right? And so, like, we just didn't mesh well. It's so when we fought, we hated each other when we fought. And it was horrible. Like, mm. I don't know, the fight just wasn't fun. And it was just like, it didn't, right. I don't know. So that was the last time I wanted to fight angry. And we ended up fighting twice. Have you talked to him since then? Yeah, dude, he shoots messages every once in a while. Oh, man. So if I, like, if we just did, like, a surprise, like, boom, bring Seipel on the show, like, you'd be like, oh, what's up, man? Like, he wouldn't be like, I hate you, Drew Dober. Like, he wouldn't be like that. Oh, yeah, we're, like, we moved on, but I also had to beat him twice in the cage, so. I got you. All right, let's get you, we got a couple more questions in the chat here, and we'll let you, we'll let you run. Um, What's the (laughs) post-fight meal? Post-fight meal that was, like, uh, man, an excessive amount of pizza at 3 a.m. Like it was, it was grotesque, but um, ideally what I like is I like a good steakhouse, like a big slab of ribeye. So typically post fight meal was steakhouse this time around three in the morning pizza, drunk pizza, maybe (laughs) a lot, a lot. Yeah. All right. Not wrong. Does judging and trying to find a way to hold commissions and judges more accountable ever come up in fighter meetings, or is that something there's no point for fighters to even bring up? Um, I wouldn't say there was official meetings. Fighters do talk about it, um, that there needs to be more uh, training or at least an MMA background if you want to be a part of that you know, commission. Um, but... Yeah, it's hard because the athletic commission, like they do whatever they want. So it's like they don't communicate with the fighters either. So, right. Uh, let's see here. Our man, Robot Chicken Wing says Drew Dover's a gangster. Can confirm. Mm-hmm. Can confirm. Um, and then Dirty Reg says he uh, loves the quote, let a human or circumstance dictate your happiness. So, I can do confirm. not yeah. let a human or a circumstance dictate your happiness. A little abbreviation is too. I'll never let another man break my smile. Oh, I would be happier than a motherfucker, and there's nothing you could do about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, first f bomb from Drew ever on the show. Fifteen appearances, finally dropped one. I there do my go. best to not cuss <laughs> on Dude, public did, forums, you but did, you did great, man. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> finally broke it. Um, all right, so Shady's asking about weight, but we 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 talked about weight a long time ago that we weren't going to talk about weight anymore because it's too. Crazy. We, you want to talk, talk about weight? weight? Oh, you want to talk about weight? All right, man. Yeah. So he wants to know how much weight you cut on Friday and Saturday or during camp. Um, so obviously it was uh, there's the typical and then there's what uh, as of recent. As of recent, we fixed this weight cut problem. So I've been showing up uh, fight week at 170. So it's just 15 pounds. Mm-hmm. And then I'll uh, gradually lose like a couple pounds each day. So, you know, going starting at like 170 and then like 68, 65. 63 and then the last one the last plunge will be like a, a larger like try to like do a seven pound uh a cut so um yeah we just try to gradually bring that weight down um so i usually start the the aggressive cutting at 165 and we lose about 10 pounds that way nice nice oh we got all right we got two that are pretty similar so we'll just kind of combine these together so austin wants to know uh getting punched in the face not your goal in fights but you still confident in your chin's durability after the wars you've been over the years, and Nickel says, are you at all concerned with the damage your chin uh, that your chin did to Matt Frivola's hand? Yeah. <laughs> That's a- I mean, I hope Frivola's hand's doing all right. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, uh, the, the the chin is um, 
built upon your extracurricular activities. So whether it is damaged or in heightened, it's not due to the 15 minutes of being in the cage. It's about the every moment outside of that cage. Mm. So it's how you train. I don't spar like an idiot. We like we 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 train very intelligently. Right. Um, right now, I'm going through my concussion protocol. Like I'm not adding a concussion on top of another concussion. So we're we're clearing the cobwebs right now. And then three, like drugs, like, like excessive drinking, partying, like, and I'm talking about like cocaine, meth, and like the the brutal kind, right? Like I feel stuff. like that kills your chin too. And uh, we, we also avoid that. When I party, it's just marijuana and alcohol, you know, <laughs> and it, it's still have a bad time as well. Yeah. So I mean, what's your, what's your so, booze of choice? What's the post? My booze? And I'm, yeah, I, I do wine. I'm a, I'm a heavy wine drinker. So yeah. Yeah. I'm the douchebag that orders wine at sports bars. Like it's it. just the life I live. I like that's, it. Okay. that's okay. Man. That's okay. You actually, I mean, you're converting me over to wine. So, you know, so, so Drew gave me a recommendation of wine, Patrick, believe it or not, it's not in my price point. I know that's wild. Oh, prisoner. Would, yeah. Dude, it's, it's expensive, bro. But you got to shop around, shop around. You okay. like, you can get some pretty cool sales at like, uh, man, where are you at? Uh, the, the Kroger stores. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to look around because that, that's what just it? not my, it's called prisoner. Um, yeah, it's, they got a, a, a line of a couples, but uh, or a couple of different kinds. But Drew recommended the red blend, which I which I got. I think it was like it's almost like fifty bucks a bottle, man. Fifty two bucks a bottle. That means yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. That's not a casual thing for me. That's like a, like we're gonna have fun this weekend. Here's a bottle of Prisoner, you know. But uh, yeah, my my typical go tos are like nineteen crimes, Menage a Trois. Um, yeah, a lot of red blends. Yeah, I'm, I'm a loser. <laughs> no, the, the, the uh, well, so the 19 crime stuff's a little sweet. It's a little too, a little real sweet. Yeah, a little yeah. Sweet. Um, all right, we're not gonna talk about wine anymore because we're gonna get way off topic here. Um, let's see here. One more I want to ask you real quick. This was a good one. Adam says, "How does fighter autographs and memorabilia work out?" I actually got a Dober autograph card the other day. Oh, um, like how do you receive the already autographed card? Um, like Top sent me like. Like, you know, like a a package deal where like I just signed like 500 signatures. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as like, what can you do to get a signature by Drew Dober? Um, if you just want to send like a memorabilia or something with like a, a note to Easton's Denver, send it to them. They, they make sure I get it and I can sign it and then I'll just send it right back to you. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Self-addressed stamped envelope, right? You're not going to the post office and buying stamps for folks, right? Yeah, if you can, yeah, please send me a return label. Or uh, yeah, it would mean so much more though if you got the stamp for them, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, I, I'd be lying if I said like it's happened. But like, yeah, can you go ahead and like send that back? And I'm like, I, I don't, like, I'm not really proficient at this post office thing. That's my wife's job. She returns all our items. I don't do that. I gotta. I, speaking of which, I gotta get you guys some more. I gotta get you some more shirts. We'll, uh, we'll have to get like a punchless baby onesie. Uh, yes, and I will post that for sure. Okay, all right. Yeah, give me like a newborn punchless MMA, oh, and yeah, I'll, yeah. Okay, I got you. I got you. We'll 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 iron it out after this. We'll get your colors down or whatever it is that you want to do. We'll go from there. <laughs> so, all right, man. We'll let you run as always, um, dude. I I I kid you not. Um, I'm just gonna dote on you for a split second. All right, we're gonna get real corny for a split second. You always hear the old adages about not meeting. Uh, people that you admire, people you know that 
from afar because you'll be disappointed. That's not the case, man. Um, you and I have sort of forged a friendship over the last few years. I was super pumped to like finally meet you and um, spend some time with you, man. And you know, you're every bit the real article. It's not just you know what what you see on camera. I can attest. Um, no no bullshit. Uh, it was it was fantastic to meet you. I can't wait till we get to hang out again for sure. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we're going to keep moving forward, quit doing, uh, keep doing fun things in a cage and outside the cage. But uh, yeah, anytime you want to have me on, I'm ready for it. And definitely bring back Patrick. Yeah. Awesome. It was great to meet you, bro. And uh, best of luck with the baby coming and the rest of your training too. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we're trying to get a little bit more active on social media. So, and we're publicizing this entire baby shindig. So can't wait for all the recommendations. Are you, did, did the, did the pillows come yet? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we got the yeah, we got the pillow. My wife's a fan, so okay. huge thank you from her. Yes, yes. I told my wife about the pillows, and she's like, "He didn't know about the pillows." I was like, "He knows now," and she's like, "Oh yeah, he's gonna like those." So good. But we had to return the the two uh, the, the smaller pillows because apparently my wife already had them. Oh, okay. Like, Drew, talk to me before you Amazon anything. She was oh. like, "We already have those." I was like, "All right, sorry, I got excited." Well, still a viable recommendation, though. I mean, yeah, so, but the, the full body one, the full body one, that's gonna be a game changer. Awesome. Awesome. Well, look, man, uh, my best to, to everybody. Tell the wife we said hi. Tell Mama Dober we said hi. And uh, enjoy the time off, man. This this is you only get the first baby one time. So just enjoy it. All right. And heal up. And Thank we'll you. Talk to you soon, bud. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys soon. All right, man. We'll see you. Awesome, man. I'm going to say it one more time. I say it every time. Best dude in the sport. I'm not joking around, man. It is a creepy, uh, creepy type of guy that likes to stay that enthusiastic right before they compete. You know, like not only at this level, but like his entire career. I'm like, did that change? Like, were you nervous at first? Like, right. no, I was always just chilling, amateur, pro, whatever. Like, I'm the type of competitor that's like, I stare at a wall for like eight hours before I compete. You know, <laughs> so. dude, I, I was, I was shocked, right? Because so we flew in Saturday morning. And I, sh I didn't want to be annoying. So I shot him a text like noon. I'm like, Hey man, if we can meet up today, that'd be cool. And he's like, I don't know if we can, I got some other stuff going on this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll come out to you. Cause they weren't staying in Newark. They were staying out like Morristown, which is like 45 minutes away. I was like, I'll take an Uber out to you, man. I said, I just want to, you know, just hang out for a minute. He was like, Oh cool. If you're willing to do that, come on out. So we took an mm -hmm. Uber out and he was like, he was like, well, come on, let's just hang out in the, in the lot. Like, and we just literally sat down in the lobby you know, it was me, my brother-in-law, and a buddy of mine. We're just hanging out. We spent like 90 minutes talking to us. And he's like, we're just talking about all kinds of dumb stuff and YouTube video. You know, just like dudes just shooting the shit. And I'm like, you yeah. know, you're going to get into a fight. My brother-in-law was like, Drew, you're going to fight somebody here in a little bit. Are you cool with that? He's like, dude, I can't. And it's 15 and minutes just, of my day. And not know? just a fight, but like he's, you know, right at the edge of the top 15 in the world. You know what I mean? Right, like it's not right. just a fight. Like I would be concerned if it was just like any level of competitive mixed martial arts. But not only that, the UFC and he's on a three fight finish streak at the highest level. Uh, amazing to stay that calm. Yeah. I want to address something real quick. Shady says, how many people did you size up? Everybody, bro. Everybody. So we went to the like, like I said, we were at the fighter hotel. Uh, it was very cool environment, very relaxed. Everybody, like teams were down there, like intermingling, playing dominoes together and all kinds of stuff. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say right now, Danny Castillo walked by. He's got the largest head on I've ever seen on a human being. The <laughs> largest head I've ever seen on a human being is on Danny Castillo. Uh, Verna Jean-Giroba um, looks like if, like, like Pat, I'm not, not joking, no exaggeration. You could probably shot put that woman at least 35 feet. One yeah, of the smallest, idea. one of the smallest ladies I've ever seen in my life. 
Um, Drew is a hundred percent wire in sinew. Like he is like, I know he looks like muscly on TV and stuff like that, but like gave him the dap, gave him the hug. And um, I kid you not, dude, it was like holding on to like a steel ladder. It was like, yeah. you know what I mean? With a, was, with a hoof on it. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> seriously. Like he just, he's, he's gristle, bro. He's so hard. Um, I'm trying to think uh, who else? Uh, oh, you, you know, OG Shawnee Mac. Yeah. OG Shawnee Mac was there. I talked to him for okay. a little bit. Really? He, yeah. How he's a, he's a tinier guy, man. I thought he might be a little bit tall. He's tiny. He's tiny. I, mean, I say tiny, but he's like five, nine, five, ten. probably yeah. weighs a buck 60, you know, maybe. Right, right. So, you know, tinier guy man um i mean yeah it's especially at the fighter hotel like all the people that you know from fighting like martial arts is a small man's game it really is dude bruce buffer shaped like a freaking uh like like a strawberry bro he walks by like bruce buffer walked by we're in the lobby bruce buffer walks by i've met him before i met him when i was in high school dude shoulders out to here and then he just tapers like hard taper in it was just like just like, yeah. I mean, like he's carrying around a baseball bat, and then um, yeah, I met him at the Luxor in, in Vegas uh, yeah. when I was in, when I was in like tenth grade before the fights. Yeah, there was a there was a couple large. There's that said, there was there was quite a few large uh, large men and and women. Um, Aaron Blanchfield was there. Um, I saw the the Chronic Combat guys uh, with with yeah. her. Took a picture with her. Yeah, um, she's prettier in person than you would think on TV. But she, yeah, she looks like a completely average uh, yeah. chick too. Uh, yeah. For as much of a badass as she is, when she's not like in fighter clothes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I had a moment with Anik. I'm I'm glad Adam brought this up. Um, I, I had a, I had an Anik moment that I had to confirm online. But uh, we're we're pulling off in the Uber, and Anik was walking to like because they take they took Anik to the I think it was like a Denali. Like it looked like it was like they were moving the president around. So he's coming out of the hotel as we're leaving yeah. in the Uber. And I look at Anik and he looks at me and I'm like looking at him and he's like, gives me the look. And I pointed and he was like, what's up? And I was like, uh, like that, those, huh? that's that's my dude right there. That's my dude. We'll have to get, I have to get Anik back on the show, man. I miss talking. I love John Anik. I, I just, there's just like a, you know, back 15 years ago or so, like the only spot on ESPN that was like on ESPN two or three was like that one hour a week where he would do a segment on all of the relevant MMA news that happened right. in the past like month. That was the only thing that we got on ESPN, like on the mainstream, sort of the mainstream. What was so, that? Yeah, what was that called too? What was the name of that show? Um, I can't remember. It was just something very generic, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I almost want to call it MMA news, but I know that's not what it was. Something like it, that. It, but it, it was, was like one hour a week. You could find it in, on yep. one of those weird ESPN channels, and you had to. Yeah, I would rewatch that over and over again because it was like all the good content we had. Yeah, it was that and the the Boss Rutten show were like the only things that even remotely touched on MMA yeah. for a long. The time. The one that was on like HD Net or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> oh man. All right. Cool. So let's get let's get into this real quick. Um, we got to play some catch up because we're already at 46 minutes in, but let's talk about UFC on ABC four. We got Rosenstrike taking on Almeida this weekend, Charlotte, North Carolina. Admittedly, um, I probably would have went to the show had it been announced prior to buying my 288 tickets, <laughs> but, uh, cause it's way closer to me. Uh, but alas, we did not go. I will not be in attendance for this one. Although we did talk about it, but we've got, 12 fights on the card, I think, is what, what we have remaining here. We lost Angela Hill and uh, Mackenzie Dern, you know, to a later 
That was going to be bet. one of my biggest bets that I've ever placed on a split decision prop. Absolutely. If that if they would have given us that at like the default plus four hundred plus four fifty, I would have put a whole you know a whole buck on it, dude. I would have put a whole unit on it. A whole dollar? You would have? You would have? A whole buck? Oh, a whole? Calm down now. Calm down now. Like we have a whole. <laughs> A whole Benjamin. We got a retirement. That, that would have been. That's like easy. That's like free money, dude. It's like it free is. Money. Angela Hill is free money. Striker versus Grappler. Angela Hill. You know. I mean, right. come on. Yeah. I'm not as confident in that for a five round, but I'll probably still put like fifty on it. I think it's harder to. I think it's harder to land on split decisions for five rounds. There's just too many variants there. I think well, it's you've easier. increased your sample size by a couple, and it's important. Now, they, now there's like enough of a chance for them to sort of see what's going on. But it's, the judges still don't know. I'm still going to place a split call on that fight, but not as confident. I appreciate you giving me that scientific breakdown there. I always forget how damn smart you are, man. Golly. It's just... Because <laughs> I said sample. Because I said sample size. Well, you you, you instantly went through the uh, the statistical probability and gave me the the, the answers for it. So I, <laughs> I appreciate it. All right. I, you, big word. I use sample size. Dude, you said sample size, man. It, it, that's exactly what it, That's all it takes around here to be smarter than me. <laughs> All right, dude, let's let's kick it off the main card. I'm gonna let you go first. You got the dirty bird, Tim Means, 32, 14, and one, taking on Alex Morono, the great white himself. Tim Means plus 188, Morono minus 223. Over under on rounds here, Patrick. Two and a half. How do you see this one shaking out? I mean, I would see the over hitting on this one um, for the majority of the time, but it's not a call I'd want to place a bet on because you've seen Tim Means' durability, something he used to lean on, kind of go by the wayside now. And even a guy like Max Griffin is dropping him within the first minute of the first round of his last fight. Um, he still hasn't been officially knocked out that many times, but again, getting clubbed and subbed last year by Holland. Uh, I feel like his durability at 39 is, is about to leave him. And Morono even, you know, we saw him drop Ponzinibbio last time. So yep. um, he's he's just a very consistent striker. I like Morono a lot in this fight. I'm, I'm going to have a money line bet on him in this one. Uh, I, I just don't see him losing this fight. You know, Tim Means is going to – he likes to live in the clinch, live in the dirty box, and be the bigger man. He's got awkward timing. But Morono just is so consistent over three rounds. I think he's going to outpace him. Moroto's got dog in him for sure. We saw that in the Ponzinibbio fight. I mean, I don't, I don't think we can discount. You know, there, yeah. there's a little, there's a lot of grit available with Alex Moreno. and uh, something I've talked about before. You know, a guy who spends a, a vast majority of his time teaching and coaching, in addition to fighting, sort of sees the game play out a little bit different, a little bit more cerebral approach. And even though Alex Moreno's skill set may not match his fight IQ, um, it does allow him to probably compete a little bit above his level. That said. Um, Tim means you, you alluded to the age. Uh, I, I still like the price on Tim here just based on the creativity, right? He, he's very much, um, I, you know, I mean, he's like, he's like a, uh, gosh, I want to call him like a trailer park Anderson Silva, but that's still not it. He's just, he, he's, he, he is creative though. And when he can get flowy, like when he can enter like the dirty bird store, sort of, flow state that he can get into from time to time he becomes very hard you know to deal with and he uses his range well uh he's not afraid to attack the body like you said with knees but he also he also works the hands of the body as well and alex morono stands very horizontal he's very shoulders front doesn't blade very well doesn't even really have particularly great defense he is active with the hands swatting and hand fighting and stuff like that but tim means loves to do that too he wants to reach out grab the wrist punch over top um, I think this fight's very interesting. Uh, I like the over two and a half play. I think that's sharp on your side, but I'm going to lean once more into the breach with Tim Means here at plus money, okay. just based on it's. 
I, I just think maybe he might have one last good one in him. Now, that said, if Alex Morono beats him, I think it's the last time we see Tim Means fight professionally. I think he should really? probably – Yeah, I, I mean, again, 39, I don't I, I don't think the UFC is going to pick him up and drop in two out of his last three. Or Yeah. Uh, or Then that would be three in a row, wouldn't it, because he lost to Kevin Holland, mm-hmm. lost to um, Max, called, Griffin. Yeah, Max Griffin, and this will be three in a row. And that Max Griffin one was a split, but that should not have been a split. I don't know how they called a. Yeah, was, that was a weird night of results, too, yeah, judging wise. Yeah. Um, one of his friends was the judge, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't. Here's the thing with Alex Morono. He's he's very good to back as an underdog and like a guy that's always overlooked. But now he's actually getting the respect in the betting market, uh, which is troubling to me, right? Because now I got to pony up, you know, minus 223 on Alex Morono. I think it is a good matchup for him. I like him here. So I, I probably will, but. Um, it's it's not normally a spot where I back Morono as a as a sizable favorite, right? You you want to back him when he's being overlooked because he's white white as the driven snow and right. you know kind of soft looking, <laughs> but he's a really good fighter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm going to lean Tim Means. It, it'll be a smaller play. I'm not it's not okay. sitting here uh, a hill I'm willing to die on, but uh, I like the Dirty Bird man. I, I like him, so I'll I'll ride with him a little bit longer. All right. Carlos Olberg at seven and one, taking on Ehor Poteria. Poteria at nineteen and three, a wealth of experience compared to our boy, uh, Mister Olberg here. And... No, you don't have that one, Jake. That's okay. Um, I'll pull it up while we're doing that. No big deal. Let's see here. We got Olberg sitting at a no. There's no way he's minus four hundred already. Is he? Has it blown up that much? It's gotten. It's got to have gotten close. All see. right. Well, I'm seeing. Uh, Golly, I'm seeing bet MGM or we'll just do FanDuel. FanDuel lines have Olberg at minus 440, Pateria coming back mm-hmm. at plus 310. No, it's up there. That's on bet online as well. Um, yeah, they're, plus. they're changing. My God, dude. Yeah, I, I when I was looking for Natan Levy because they rebooked the Natan Levy Pete Rodriguez when I was looking to hit that line again as right. fast as I could. And then along those lines, I saw I'm like, oh, Carlos Olberg is here at minus two seventy five. Yeah. By the time I and by the time I got to it, I got to it at minus two eighty five, and now it's blowing up like crazy. My goodness. Yeah, that's that's wild though. I mean, well, okay, well, let's talk about it. So we have we have Pater or Ehor at plus three seventy. Carlos Olberg minus four forty. Overrun rounds is at one and a half here. We have the knockout power Olberg. He definitely looked like he bounced back from the uh, Kennedy and Jackway loss. Uh, but then we got Pateria on the other side, who just recently beat Shogun. And take from that what you will. I mean, Shogun's 107 years old. You know, goes down to enemy t- territory, gets gets the W. Um, I don't even want to necessarily say that he looked great doing it because he was doing it against a 50 year old man. Plus 370 though. Here, I, I mean, you know, like I like to say. Uh, you know, experience is the currency of combat here, and he is very rich in comparison to Carlos Olberg. Olberg is pretty one-dimensional. Now, he hits like a truck, uh, but, you know, does he really deserve a minus 440 against Patera here? What do you think? Uh, he's on a good streak. Like, the, the the two finishes he has is pretty good. Um, he's also – and the Kennedy and Zetriku lost. That ages very well now. Like, that was an anomaly at the time. Like, right. Kennedy absorbed all the punishment and came back in round two. Now we know that that's just the MO of how Kennedy kind of uh, functions. Olberg is getting the shine because he's with City Kickboxing. He's getting the shine because he's the much more polished striker. And combat sports experience, he's probably got more fights Sure. Uh, if you count kickboxing. And if you watch Ehor Pateria's pre-fight, pre-Dana White Contender Series resume – 
dude, it's terrible. These yeah. these people have no resumes at all. He's fighting a complete tomato can somewhere in Ukraine. And if you watch some of those fights, there's actually a YouTube video of one of his fights where he got a, I think he got a heel hook. It is in like 140p on YouTube. <laughs> like, oh, I'm just seeing like I'm seeing like the pixel of somebody's ankle get uh, get turned and right. hits the tap apparently. So I, I yeah I sat through as many of those as I could, and uh, he's got the one. Uh, it's also the cardio is the thing with Ihor Bateria. He was getting gassed like halfway through the fight with Nikolai uh, Negumarianu. You know, right. like you swing and you miss wildly, and he's gassed. You know, he's like a Ukrainian 205 Braxton Smith. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I hate to throw my boy under the table, right? But, uh, right. You know, uh, and that's that's. I think that's why we're getting a minus four forty. It sort of makes sense to me. Now, again, two hundred fives. You kind of have that semi heavyweight thing where it's like the volatility. Anybody could land on the chin and, and get the knockout here. But yeah, you're forced to now look. I like the under one and a half because that covers the Pateria side, and I think Oldberg gets it done uh, before seven and a half minutes. Okay, I mean. Do you think that do you think the fight favors? I mean, with Patera having a bad gas tank, do you think the who do you think the fight favors should it go past a round and a half? Oh, certainly Olberg. Yeah, certainly. I mean, he, we at least saw him we only saw him gas out when he landed like what a hundred and some significant strikes on Kennedy. Otherwise, right. he was able to dance around and, and strike competently with uh, Fabio Charant, who was uh, not a great fighter, but at least, you know, was able to show that he can dance around. Sure. Uh, competitively stay on the bike for 15 minutes so yeah the, i don't think pateria is going to last till the final scorecards so under one and a half is at even money uh or, oh i'm sorry over one and a half is at even money and under is at minus 133 you still still cool with that yeah yeah because we've seen we've seen pateria get finished before he got that standing tko loss to nikolai Right. who I don't think is on the level. And the thing is, Pateri, it's going to be like a head-on car crash because uh, Ulbrich loves to be – he's like Adesanya. He's, he'll skirt around and wait to counter-strike. Pateria will swing wildly and leave a lot of openings. He's aggressive. So, yeah, under one and a half for sure. I like th- I like this. Ulbrich uh, by KO is this week's Chaos Williams by KO. Yeah, but... that's uh, there's always one of these spots where it's like, there's no way this guy doesn't get the finish. No. And then – we're all sitting there like, how is this a split decision call? <laughs> dude, speaking of uh, that fight, dude, wasn't the Bedoya like creepy? Like he yes. was, you know, when guys, they get hit clean and they kind of smile to like act like they're not hurt. That guy was loving it. He was like a masochist. Yeah, he was. That was a weird. So, he, uh, okay, we'll talk about the event for a second. Um, I'd say top to bottom was kind of a lackluster event. There wasn't a whole lot, you know, uh, I don't know. It, I wasn't really like blown away by any of the fights. Obviously, Drew losing all you know was an exclamation point of suck on there. But like, yeah. they kept waiting for moments of violence or like really great back and forth fights, and it just kind of kept showing up. You know, just a little bit short, right? The Phil Hawes fight was was great. Um, you know, that was that was a brutal knockout. Mm-hmm. The, the pop Chaos Williams got when he came out was arguably, it was arguably the big. It was at least top three biggest all night. I mean, he. He came out, dude, and that place was his whole intro was crazy. They did it was like nothing but like red lights. I think he came out to um Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill. Like it was, it was dude, it was bananas. And everybody's like wanting blood. And the moment it realized, like, people were like, hey, he's not gonna get this kid out of here, and this fight's a lot closer than it looks. Mm-hmm. Um, it really kind of brought the energy level down i think everybody was like waiting for that like it was like the main course of violence yeah. in the prelims and it just did not deliver there 
So there's always that one weirdo from the regional scene where uh, you're like, why is he in the UFC? And and then he ends up being like actually really durable, having a granite chin. And I think Chaos Williams really did believe his own ability to, as he should have, but he was like chasing the finish as quickly as possible. And once it didn't right. materialize, he had no more pop left in his punches. He was loading up the shoulder and telegraphing everything. Horrible. That's that, you know what? You nailed it right there too. He was, he like turned really stiff, like very rigid, very, you could tell he was loading everything. That's a great, great assessment. Yeah, he absolutely was just, um, he just, he wanted it too bad. He didn't let it come to him. He was just chasing it. Mm -hmm. So, um, all right, fill me in real quick. Are you, you're on the Olberg side there? Big. Yeah, I got a parlay with him and uh, Natan Levy. Okay, awesome. All right, well, let's talk about this one because I see a lot of back and forth uh, here. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm actually uh, feeling pretty, you know, I don't want to say I feel confident, but I'm, I definitely have a line in the sand here. Danny Rodriguez, seventeen and three, taking on Ian Machado, Gary, undefeated, at eleven and zero. I'll let you kick this off. Gary is now at a minus three fifteen over D Rod, plus two sixty five. That line keeps moving. Over and around is at two and a half. What do we see here? Yeah, I was looking at that when it was um, minus. It was like what plus two hundred for D Rod, plus two twenty. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And then I, before I could even finish my research, it was like all the way up plus two sixty for D Rod, which is crazy. And I'm no different than anybody else, just chopping at the bit to fade uh, Ian Gary. You know, trying to <clears throat> capitalize on this guy's like striking defense lacking ability. You know, and uh, stuff we saw against. <clears throat> excuse me, stuff we saw against Jordan Williams. Stuff we saw against. Darian Weeks, you know, this guy pulls back. He's got that tall man defense, and you can find the chin of Ian Gary, but I feel like he's getting better. Even in that song, Kanan fight, you know, he got hit early, you know, went back and, and uh, was more defensively liable in the next part of that fight. And, again, he wasn't chasing the knockout. He let it come naturally like we mentioned Cass Williams uh, failed to do last week. And I came out of the research liking Ian Gary in this spot. You know, not, not at the price. I think there is value on the Daniel Rodriguez side, but I can't find myself to bet it because I think – Gary's going to win a decision here. I think he's going to be able to skirt around the outside. He's 11 years younger, still going to be making improvements. And when you rewatch the fights and you do the tape study on Ian Gary, it looks a lot more impressive rewatching it than when I saw it live, uh, mm. like when I saw any of his fights live. So his timing is really good. The way he draws people into traps and then, and then snipes them at range, uh, he's very impressive. Now, D-Rod is the better finisher, I'd say. He's got the better chance to get this done inside the distance, but I think that's his only path. I don't see him winning a decision here. So uh, it's a cardio concern, too, because we saw D-Rod in his last fight against Neil Magny, who's a more experienced guy, but a lot easier of a target to find than Ian Gary's going to be. And he gassed out in that fight. Um, and that's why he got darsed. So, yeah, I'm liking the the Gary by decision, but I don't want to play anything on this fight. If I played something, I want to know your opinion on this one. Yeah. Daniel Rodriguez inside the distance scorecards is no action is like plus 185. The last yeah. Time. I like that one because then I yeah. can share in the glee of, you know, uh, fading this guy and, and and calling, you know, his his demise here. But I could also just have nothing to do with it if it goes to the decision. So right. what do you think about that price? I like that. But I, I also like Daniel Rodriguez at this price. I Admittedly, I um, I I jumped the gun too early. Uh, I got Daniel Rodriguez uh, around the plus 210 spot. I just... I, I jumped the value there, dude. I would say what, like Ian Gary minus one seventy five in this fight. That would be appropriate. Right. You know right. I mean? so. Like I, I jumped, I jumped the gun. Uh, I didn't realize I was going to continue to get Daniel Rodriguez. You know, get get pennies on my dollar here. That being said, um, I still like him in this play because I, 
I see the people that are beating Daniel Rodriguez and they don't fight the way Ian Gary fights. Now I'm not saying that Ian Gary's not getting better. I'm not saying that even, even uh, that Ian Gary might not be a better martial artist in the sense um, and probably will maybe have a higher, you know, career ceiling, but the guys that beat Daniel Rodriguez are the guys that are able to drown him. The guys that are able to, to mix wrestling the threat of takedowns, submission threats, and make him work over and over again. You mentioned him gassing out against Neil Magny. When Neil Magny, Neil Magny, somebody, he drowns them for 15 or 25 minutes on live TV. That's what we get to see. Now, Neil's getting older. He doesn't do it as often anymore, but that is textbook Neil Magny, right? We just, we jab, we jab, we press against the cage, we drag you down, we make you work. Um, I don't see Ian Gary coming out and fighting that way against against Daniel Rodriguez. He's going to give him 15 minutes of karate stance striking. He's going to dart in, dart out, try to catch him with that, you know, with that slip counter every time. Mm-hmm. I, I like Daniel Rodriguez's chances over 15 minutes to touch Ian Gary because we're going to be honest here. I know Song Kanan is a professional mixed martial artist. I understand that. But that was a fight where Ian Gary was supposed to showcase, and he got clipped hard he um, tasted the canvas for a yes, second there yes it impressive, was bad. impressive the way he bounced back though i 100 i'm not this i won't discount that no absolutely not uh but the price given on daniel rodriguez i like here's the other thing and this is we have now entered the land of no scientific backing and sheer eyeball judgment here okay ian ian gary's only fought clean guys he's only fought like dudes that don't have any grit don't have any dog uh, like dudes with no tattoo like he's only fought clean dudes daniel rodriguez you can lean into the whole prison fight thing this that and the other but daniel rodriguez is not above taking a point he's not above listen he's just not though he'll grab a glove he'll hold on to the cage he'll fight dirty like he's got that in him i tell you what dale i had i had a moment where i just i was researching this fight a couple days ago and i just sat for like 15 minutes and just thought in my mind of like, what if Ian Gary is whooping this guy up, outpointing him? And I just imagine all of these. Uh, I just imagine all these guys in San Quentin, just you know, huddled around the TV, just like, what is going on? Right. <laughs> What's yeah. happening to our boy? Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Look how they massacred my boy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's I. I you know, it's super judgy to say it like that, but I just don't like. Ian Gary is like you, like you talked about Alex Morona. He's clean as you know the, the white is and clean as the the aspen snow, and um, you know Daniel Rodriguez is not that man. You know he's gonna come out there and you, dude, we might just see it. This could this could legitimately look like a street beefs fight more than anything than anything else. My uh, on the on the contrary, when I was a young, this never leaves my mind. It's one of those like old adages that like your your parents tell you. Okay. Uh, I used to I used to watch uh, yeah. when I was really young growing up. My mom was a martial artist, and we'd go and watch Valley Tudo and, and cage fights. And I was really really young, right? And uh, she there was a, a case like this where was one guy had no tattoos, one guy was like you know looked like D Rod, you know, from yeah, sure. forehead to toe, sure. And he got his ass beat to a bloody pulp. And she's like, "See all those tattoos? That was a lot of time he could have spent in the gym training." <laughs> you know what? And that dude, and that is a hundred percent accurate, right? I mean, especially as you know. Uh, you know me, I love guys that are wrestlers and more often than not wrestlers are just, you know, just guys that spend a lot of time in the gym. They're all clean skin and everything else. 
not that tattoos make the man. I just think that Daniel Rodriguez is willing to fight dirty and might take oh, yeah, absolutely might take uh, Ian to deeper waters that he may or may not be able to. I want to see one of his uh, one of his homies uh, like just slide him through the cage like a pair of brass knucks. And he, he, <laughs> <laughs> he just pulls out like a little little shiv, little shank. Yeah, in the back. <laughs> all of a sudden, all of a sudden, yeah. Gary's like leaking from his ribs, and we're like, wait yeah, a second, nobody's ever been cut down two ever. rounds. That they're gonna have to go for the toothbrush. <laughs> yeah, he stabs him like uh what's his face stab russell crow and uh in gladiator he just hits him in the kidneys oh shit all right i want to address oh, i will i will say though just yeah. to, just to go over that one more time yeah this yeah. is a this is a crazy number if you're a, a yeah. gambling man that looks for values and mispriced lines d-rod is your guy this week but i might play the safer approach and play the scorecards no action i don't see him getting finished i like that i like that that's a good that's a good uh that's a good out of um not out of the pocket, but just uh, off the beaten path kind of way to assess the fight. I like that. Uh, Dale, did you book your tickets for CES on Friday? No, I did not. Making the trek to Boston for 292. When is when is that? Because we might actually be able to do that. Um, when is when is 292? That's got to be. Is that July? All the way in the fall, right? 292. That's a ways away. We're talking about. We just did 288. So, yeah. So, we're, that's like four months away. At least. Yeah, we're, we're four away. Yeah. So. Maybe August time period. We might be able to make that work, actually. That's a real thing that might happen. August um, 19th. I just looked it up. August 19th. Ooh, it's pretty close to the wife's birthday. Rem we'll talk about that. Um, hit me. At, we'll, we'll talk about that. But that's close. We might be able to make that work, actually. Um, okay. Cool. Let's. Uh, what do we got next? We've got... Co-main event of the evening was initially the main event, but is now the co-main. Anthony Smith taking on Johnny Walker. Anthony Smith, 36 and 17. Johnny Walker at 20 and 7. Uh, pick them through and through. I don't think it – I think, if I'm correct, Johnny Walker opened up as a slight favorite and has now been bet down to a pick him, if I'm remembering the line movement correctly. Over and around is at one and a half here. Uh, what do you got here, Patrick? Yeah, I saw this with Anthony Smith at like plus 150 at a certain yeah. point um, the last week. I couldn't find myself to to bet it just because Anthony Smith has been really inactive recently, more than he he has been for the you know the handful of years uh, we saw sure. him from like entering the UFC, right? Going from middleweight to light heavyweight. He was pretty active every, every quarter. And then uh, pandemic hits. He's got the desk job now. He's not fighting as often. And the last time we saw him was last year when his ankle gave out uh, – re-landing off that kick on on Magomed Ankalaev. So, yeah. man, it's it's weird that both these guys are such killer-be-killed fighters because you can see that visually from Johnny Walker. He's wild. He's ridiculous. He's free-flowing, creative, and gets knocked out. But Anthony Smith is very similar. He's only been to the decision, um, like a winning decision result a few times in his entire career. Uh, right. I think out of his 36 wins, like 32 are inside the distance finishes. So, yeah, I mean, I could see this not leaving round one, no matter who gets this one, because Walker is... That type of guy he's had 10 ufc fights only eight of them uh you know they've finished in round one only two have actually gone onto the scorecards now i think johnny walker wins i think he's going to take more risks and we're starting to see this aggressive version of walker come back that we haven't seen in a bit you know right. the hammer fisting and just pimp slapping the consciousness out of paul craig last time something like that could something like that could play out that was pretty remarkable so right he's he's gonna take a risk and either pay for it with his consciousness or uh you know get club and sub the way that Anthony Smith did Ryan Span, but I'm taking Walker here. I think he's uh, now that he's going towards an underdog price, that's better. But Johnny Walker fights by nature are coin tosses, so you sure. don't want to pay a pick and price tag on, on him. You know, I think the um, I think I'm not willing to call 
no marijuana Johnny Walker a mythical fighter yet, but him <laughs> him getting dude him getting off the ganja has really made a difference. I mean, it really dude, all the all the weed people on Twitter got so angry. They're like, he doesn't know what he's talking yeah. about. <laughs> right. They got right, so right. angry anytime yeah. they face any criticism. They, uh... <laughs> they got super mad. Um, so I, I don't want to necessarily qualify him as a as a mythical fighter yet, but definitely momentum is on Johnny Walker's side right now. He is he is boomer bust, no doubt about that. There's just it's feast or famine with Johnny Walker. Pick him price, okay. I'm with you. I like under one and a half here. I'm just going to play the the fragile nature of Anthony Smith and the feast or famine nature of Johnny Walker. I'll go under one and a half here. I don't. I I actually like that they put Rosenstrike and Almeida as the main event because I thought this was a very weak main event. Um, so I'm glad they made that switch. Now, isn't doesn't it seem like Johnny Walker has been knocked out more times than he has? It does. And the reason why that is is because every knockout that he suffers is a meme. It's he's a cartoon character when he gets knocked out. Because so, he's gotten knocked out by Corey Anderson in the UFC uh, many right. moons ago. That was the first time he had lost. And then he got knocked out by Jamal Hill badly, where he looked like a you know that Carlot uh, inflatable device. But he almost yeah. got knocked out from Ryan Spann, but he came back and won that fight with those elbows. Um, who knocked him out on the regional scene too? I thought he was a very. It was like just. Oh yeah, that, that guy like in, Enrique Silva Lopez. Like yeah, internal yep. fight. Yeah, where he yeah. got knocked out like ten times, like the Rubber Man. Yeah, that one was real bad. That was a real. Mm. That was real bad. Um, yeah, it's just he's he's a meme every time he gets knocked out. So, uh, I I think that's I think that's why it feels that way. If Smith uh, wins, it would be him landing something devastating on the chin and then jumping on Johnny Walker's back for the RNC. I think it'll look very similar to the Ryan Spann fight if he wins. My problem with Anthony Smith is he comes out looking tired already. He does the, he does the Tim Kennedy thing where I don't necessarily know that he knows how to work out or work up a sweat in the back properly. He comes out every time dripping sweat already, already looks like he's tired. And then like mm -hmm. for the first eight minutes of a fight you're wondering whether or not he's exhausted and then after that you know he is exhausted and it's like is it just can you cannot regulate your adrenaline correctly or you you know you have somebody that's working you out too hard in the back like what what is that man because he always looks i can't help but think that you you were better prepared than this every time he comes out he looks completely overworked by the time he gets out yeah, he's a very strange guy. He's he's yeah. I mean, like I said, he's killer be killed just like Johnny Walker. He just looks like a cleaner fighter, but he's, yeah. he's his results are no different. Go under one and a half here. Go fight doesn't start round two as a parlay piece. Mm, I like um, that. I might try to find when DraftKings drops the same game parlays in a few in a couple days. I might look for like Johnny Walker in some sort of same game parlay with you know under seven minutes and by knockout and see what I can get uh, as far as plus money goes. Right. Right, yeah, I can I can dig that. Um, this is a good opportunity. We're an hour and thirteen minutes in. Uh, we haven't talked about books yet. I'm going to mention a book, uh, "King of All Things" by Clark Savage. Um, he talks about man's martial purpose, and one of which being able to be proficient in combat in spite of life or death situations. And he uses the situation that occurred with Anthony Smith a few years ago, where the guy that was a uh, you know high school wrestler that weighed 140 pounds broke into Anthony Smith's house and it took every fiber of Anthony Smith's being to be able to subdue this guy till the police could get there. Um, it, there's a fantastic chapter in that book based almost entirely on this incident and how and why you should apply the principles of what happened in there to your life as a man. 
Uh, again, the name of the book is King of All Things. The author is Clark Savage. Do they talk about how embarrassing that is to be a professional fighter and you can't subdue a guy in your own garage? Do they talk about how embarrassing that is and how well, it's a smear on the sport? Uh, I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't really approach it that way. If I'm being honest with you, Pat. Uh, <laughs> I'll rewrite a better version. <laughs> all right. Well, you. Yeah, <laughs> You go ahead and you you send me the addendum to it, and then we'll uh, we'll send it over to. This needs to, a couple footnotes. To yeah, yeah, we'll send it over to Clark. He's very active on Twitter. Uh, I'm sure he'd love to hear your thoughts on it. So give it a give it a perusing and let him know. All right, main event of the evening. <laughs> I love it. We're gonna rewrite this whole chapter. Uh, Jarzinho Rosenstrike taking on Jalton Almeida. Almeida at 18 and two. Rosenstrike at 13 and four. Almeida at a minus 500 price here. We need to be realistic here. Jerosa Strike plus 375. Over and under rounds at one and a half as my guest. Uh, main event is yours, good sir. I love this main event. This is a great one, man. Heavyweight main events are just great. Just They're always going to be great. How can they not be? You know, it could end in 30 seconds. It could be a long, drawn-out affair here, but I don't think it's going to go past two rounds here. Jelton Almeida has just been this weird creature that's come in through the contender series at 205 sort of had those weird catch weights at 220 you remember yeah and then uh, i guess maybe danilo marquez and the turkey fight were both but dude he's realizing that he's just fast enough and, and good enough of a grappler he can melt through all these fat bum heavyweights and it's been working super well and i actually took the pleasure of timing all of his takedowns so far i got the stopwatch out and okay. uh, he's gotten this. he's gotten faster every single fight so far since the okay. contender series contender series he fought a fellow grappler, 205, and it took him a minute 40 to get the first takedown. Uh, his fight against Marquez, 25 seconds. His fight against Porter, 22 seconds till the first takedown. His fight against uh, Turkley, 15 seconds. And then his last fight against uh, Shamil, it took him just 12 seconds to get a takedown. So he's getting faster and faster, the, right. the heavier people they feed him here. So um, I, I like his style. Now we saw, uh, what's his face, Shamil trying to time a counter because what is uh, – Jelton do every time he shoots a snap front kick to the right. body and then he shoots the double leg. So right. Rosenstrike is probably going to try to counter that with something. He likes those flying knees. We've seen him have success with that before. But Rosenstrike, dude, people have to remember that this guy is probably the most powerful puncher in the UFC now that Ngannou is gone. Um, he he probably is, and and he does it in such subtle ways too. His sure. jab is like a death touch. Yeah, when he jabs people, it, they're they're already on Queer Street, and right. uh, then he just follows it up with like a big hook. And they're, right. and they're due for so uh great puncher's chance from rosenstrike for sure you know the guy conserves his energy well he kind of sleepwalks around like he's on barbiturates and then as soon as he touches his chin he's a very durable guy he just gets it's like kicking a beehive is the way i describe it right. uh, he swarms on you and you're, and you're screwed so but that being said he's a little wimp on the ground though we saw him get bullied around by a 40 year old alistair overeem which sure overeem's the man he's one of my favorites but at that point he would just learn how to grapple, basically, and he was able yeah. to have his way with Rosenstrike. So, Jelton, I think, is going to find that neck. He's going to beat Rosenstrike's face in until he gives up the neck, and it's going to be a what sub three minute submission. Rosenstrike sub three minute. I think sub three minutes we see Almeida get that submission. Okay, so I wonder what those lines will look like because the, the, those lines will avail themselves where like fight ends in under. Yeah. A minute under two minute under three minute. I wonder what that'll look like. It won't um, look good enough because that's a that's a hefty proposition. You know what I mean? Like the 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 inside the distance props for Almeida are always trash. They're right. terrible. You'd be better off trying to find some good props for Rosenstrike as a just as a long shot. 
I think one of the interesting things about Rosenstrike is the respect factor. When he is scared, like we saw like in the Nganu fight, um, if if you can, I don't want to say scared. Scared's tough. That's uh, that's not necessarily the, the right word. But when he is shook, right, or to the point where he he realizes he's in danger, he fights animalistically, like you said, kicking a beehive. It doesn't always work out in his favor, though. Um, you know, we saw it with the Alexander Volkov fight. We saw it with with the Francis Ngannou fight. He just doesn't he doesn't respond well to you not letting him, like you said, act like he's on barbiturates. Like he he wants you to just kind of you know be a willing dance partner to his thing and when you switch up the momentum on him he doesn't he does not like that at all he does not adapt well to it it's not something that he, he you know he particularly has a, a a game plan b or c for um i think he's going to be i'm using the word scared here because i don't know another one another word my my source is failing here um i think he's going to be so concerned rather with what almeida brings to the table um, he's he's going to be so hyper reactive that he's either going to be beehive from the very beginning, or he's going to be too reactive, which will allow Almeida to either get the takedown or catch him with something, you know, because he thinks the takedown's coming. Uh, I personally, I like no round three start. I don't think you're going to get a great price on it. Um, it looks like it'll be minus up to two thousand. Right. Well, <laughs> it'll probably be the Mike the minus. <laughs> 325 range whenever it drops i would have that wouldn't be bad at all like that wouldn't i wouldn't mind i wouldn't mind playing that to get a a fraction of you know 100 bucks back yeah if if it go if if it's around there i'll probably play it when it drops uh under one and a half seems like where where we might want to be i because here's the thing right is that almeida all intents and purposes against ufc level competition is unproven in the sense that the guys he's, he's beaten are not like you know, Parker Porter, Danilo Marquez, Shamil, you know, I don't, I'm not like over the moon about those guys. If he can't get that first seven minute finish, or like you said, sub three minute finish against Rosenstrike, dude, Rosenstrike can win this fight. I mean, he is, he is yeah. worth consideration. Plus it's big boys playing high stakes punch face. Anything can happen, but I'm on the Almeida side. Initially, I like under one and a half. I like no round three start. Damn it! If they aren't big boys, and uh, be shocked, man, what a uh, what a punch from Rosenstrike can do! That boy, he he boops you on your nose, and you go night night. The under the under two and a half on Bovada right now is minus four fifty. Oh hell no! I ain't touching that then. No. The under one and a half. The under one and a half minus two twenty. <laughs> no, nah, nah, we're good. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. These prices are so wild. I don't. They know have Almeida round one at minus one ten. Okay. I feel, like that, I feel like I mean they're again they're that ain't bad considering the way that he fights. But we just saw him going around two with some of these bigger guys. Rosenstrike is pretty durable uh, as far as um, you know being able to hold his consciousness. Aside from the Ngannou fight, he's very very durable. I've seen him take massive strikes and barely flinch, which would lead me to believe it's probably going to be a submission. What do you? How do you? So how do you feel about this? Right. So what if you do? Let's see. If you get Rosenstrike wins in round one, right, you're at plus 1,100. Almeida wins in round one, you're at plus 110, you said? Minus 110. Minus 110. All right, yeah. so minus 110. Rosenstrike round one. Um, then you get Almeida round two and Rosenstrike round two. 
and just play them individually and stagger your stagger your units at like you know you could do hell even if you did 0.1 or 0.25 units on all four of those um the only way you would well shit you would lose money on almeida you'd have to go bigger on almeida round one to to make up for the other three yeah you, the, but if you, it, have, you have to make it a situation where it's like a break even if it doesn't get extended something like right. that maybe yeah. right so yeah so you could go you could go like a half of a unit on almeida round one and like tenth of a unit on the other two by finishes and then if if it if almeida wins in round two or rosen strike wins in one or two, you're you're making money, and if Rosen or if Almeida wins in round one, you're breaking even. So you're just kind of like insuring. It's like just adding built-in insurance for a means method on yeah. a round one or two finish um, for both guys. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think the chat's correct. There's there's value on those KO props. Um, I, I don't see it playing out that way, but there's value on them for sure because we've seen him submit people, but. Yeah, with some of these bigger guys, what happens if he just gets in a mount like he did with Danilo Marquez and starts playing the drums on Rosenstrike's face? The ref will just step in. Yeah, yeah, I hate playing sub. Like, yeah, that's exactly it. I'm always so weary of sub only props because guys and grapplers, gals will get them in that position and they'll just mm -hmm. opt for just clubbing over over the sub. So they got to be juicy props, and we're we're so blinded by the fact that Rosen, um, I'm sorry, Almeida is such a massive favorite that you're just looking for like. The slightest crumb of plus money when really we would never even look twice at these props if it was anybody else. Right. So and, and I remind myself of that. Absolutely. I mean, and that, that's an astute way to to approach it too. It's how you save yourself from losing a lot of money, um, which is something I could learn from from time to time. Patrick, I appreciate you keeping me humble, man. Uh <laughs> all right. Let's run through these prelims pretty quick here, bud. Um, Jessica Rose Clark coming back, eleven and eight, taking on uh Tainara Lisboa at five and two. Uh, Miss Jesse Jess, a, a crowd favorite um, for reasons other than her fighting style. Yeah. Basically a pick em, but Lisboa at one point in time was a underdog. Um, and we went ahead and locked up that that plus 115 whenever it was there just before it got okay. back to, to that even money. Because you know me, I love women's underdogs, bro. So it's not so much that I'm all about that Lisboa, uh, even though she had her moments against Norma. Um, I it's a fade against Jessica Rose Clark. I think it's a good fade too because Rose Clark's training is a little tumultuous. I think in the past few months she's moved to Texas with her boyfriend, has been training with him, and I think he owns a karate gym or something weird like oh, that. Bro. With so she's like getting like pieces, she's got like a quilt of training, which is not uncommon, but at this level, you know, she's like going to one place for like a you know. Pilates boxing class. She's going to one place for a you know a striking class. Yeah. She's like driving an hour just to go to find a cage to spar in. So right. it's a little bit all over the place. I, I I picked her to win this fight just because she does have that. She we we haven't seen her go away now. Like in a fight, she's not quitting in round one. She's against at least middle of the pack competition, going four and four in the league. Whereas Lisboa is looking great on the regionals, but these women she's facing, man, they're quitting. Yeah, when the going gets tough, she's just folding through these people. You've got the Muay Thai uh, striker in Lisboa, arm triangling two of these women who didn't even know what the hell she was doing. Right? You know? They're like, "Why are you right. pushing my neck over here?" Right. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So yeah. what's up, Effie? What's so fun? yeah, that's that's the problem. She she looks very capable, and her knees to the body, dude. She's finished so many girls with that on the Muay Thai scene, and. I watched so much footage of uh, Lisboa. It was probably like two hours, and I'm like, "What am I doing? Am I watching all these Muay Thai fights from like 2010?" Right. You know, but it was fun to see her career, and um, 
I don't know. I hope she is a formidable threat, dude. At plus money, I think it's a good bet. Yeah, like, and if it goes back to that, I would I would encourage people to play this fight. You know, I mean, the pick'em is exactly that. Uh, so I, I will. I'm on Liz Bow. I was able to get a little bit of plus money on her. I'll take it. Women's science. Uh, Jason says real quick. Go back to that main event. Is Rose strike a bum? Heavyweight punch face. If I get Rose in at plus three hundred for KO, I lay lumber. All right, brother, build that house, man. Lay that lumber. Uh, said uh, what? For KO? Yeah, dude, his money line is like plus gonna be like plus 400 yeah right close to it yeah yeah uh gabe green 11 and 4 brian battle eight and two boy brian battle we're getting him at plus money taking on gabe green minus 131 uh brian battle plus 111 over on rounds of two and a half i want to go gabe green here but i mean dude brian battle continues to like exceed my expectations on what his skill ceiling actually is he he really should like he kind of rises to the occasion um, for all intents and purposes. Now, that's that's not without hiccup. I'm not saying that you know he's he's flawless. Um, the the Renat Fakhradinov fight. I mean, who else out there is really going to win that fight? You know, going that way. But I mean, the win over Trayshawn Gore felt like he was punching above his weight class. The Takashi Sato knockout was fantastic. Um, even then, he never like gave up in the Renat Fakhradinov fight. He was just outskilled i think is probably a, a better way to put it he just couldn't um just couldn't find a way to get back to his feet man and, and just keep that pace that renat was able to put on him um gabe green on the other hand i don't think gabe green's gonna be able to keep a pace like that on brian battle uh and battle's gonna come with a card with the cardio so i think he's worth consideration at plus money yeah for sure i got uh gabe green at minus 125 because it, it dipped down pretty low um, i like that where the money lines at now uh, I was waiting for it. Let's see, yeah. So it's going. It's just around that price, minus one thirty. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, this is going to be a battle between the Gabe Green big moments. If he could pressure and trap Brian Battle on the cage, I think this is an easier version for Gabe Green of a fight than Ian Gary was. Uh, sure. But I think, like, as far as the cat mouse pacing of this fight, it's going to be similar, and it's going to be an easier target for him to land on. And he's he's got a pretty good, well rounded skill set as well. Good grappling. Uh, he's he's physically strong. But Brian Battle could win this just based off of. If he can maintain distance, just be the busier striker. He's definitely going to have the higher output over three rounds. But I think Gabe Green is going to be able to find this target. And um, I, I I picked Gabe Green to beat Ian Gary last time, which sounds really dumb in hindsight. But at the time, given the given the information we had, you know, I mean, uh, I've just seen him come back from adversity a little bit more. You know, we've seen Gabe Green get flatlined by Johan Lanes momentarily and then bounce back up and, and right. come back and win that fight. He already had that beat down and, and humbling at the hands of Daniel Rodriguez early on. Uh, I, I like the skill set. I think it's a well-rounded one, and I think he's – there's just something – there's more to meets the eye to Gabe Green. I've got a belief in this guy for some reason, and uh, we'll find out if I'm correct on that or not. But minus 125, sign me up for that. Intangibles are hard to measure, man, and sometimes when you've got a feeling in your plums, you just got to go for it. So, you know, I, I, I can appreciate it. I think it, uh, it's weird. You and I aren't normally this far uh, – we're not this far, but you and I aren't normally apart on a lot of plays. No. So it's interesting that there's that a lot of really close money lines. So yeah. by nature, I think it'll be closer. I think that's probably where it's leaning. I like real quick last thing. I like battle uh, his his ability to threaten that takedown, you know, sporadically as well too. Um, just another thing that I like. All right, we got a women's play here. We got Jin Young Kim at nine six and two. Only in women's MMA do we get records like this. Taking on Mandy Bohm at seven and two. 
Manny Bohm, we're getting her to plus 165. Jin Young Kim at minus 190. Overrunner on rounds of two and a half. Uh, there's no need for me to bury the lead here, Pat. I'm on Mandy Bohm because I like women's underdogs, and Jin Young Kim sucks. <laughs> so, my God. My uh, God. Not that Mandy Bohm is good, but Jin Young Kim sucks, dude. <laughs> She's my not God. good at all. Come on, man. Are you you're on the Kim side? You love her in this, don't you? No, I don't. Uh, I what I did like was the Mandy Bohm. Like, uh, it was an egregious money. It was she's like plus two hundred. Yes, plus two hundred. Yeah, yeah. and Kim was like a minus two seventy five, minus two eighty favorite. Which I know. Okay, that's fine over Mandy Bohm, but she's a you know GM Kim's on a four fight losing streak, and oof. Um, the Priscilla Cachoeira fight showed showed a lot for GM Kim. I mean, she she has heart. She's got durability. For sure. Days fight she's got cardio to kind of keep up that pace and triple up priscilla on on strikes even though she lost technically but mandy bohm doesn't have many of those qualities man like she's got a really good first round she tends to fade she likes to play that uh kind of hands low bait you in for the pull counters sort of game plan that she can never really she's not fast enough or like smooth enough to pull that off but i do think there is more to mandy bohm than we've seen in the ufc so far she's gone zero for five on takedowns between the two opponents but Arian Lipsky just beat the piss out of her, and uh, Victoria Victoria Leonardo. That's her game plan was to take the fight to the mat. So right. on the regionals, you can see a little bit more clinch work for Bohm. You see a little bit more takedown ability, and we know about G and Kim. She can't stop takedowns. There's just not many people that really threaten that on her. But when they do, she's on the mat. So I could see a lot of people having a lot of faith in Kim, saying Mandy Bohm sucks, and then she ends up on her back for two rounds out of three and and dale's cashing his his, uh his mandy bone ticket (laughs) i mean it it, it, again it's a fade it's a fade on ji young kim and it's not to say that mandy bone was very good but i mean when your most relevant win was over nadia kasim i i cannot i can't co-sign anything that you do or it was a hilarious fight by the way do you remember that fight? oh it was uh, yeah well kasim tried to come out and do the the old mark hominick korean zombie thing where she wanted to they went for the glove touch, and she like came over the glove and tried to tried to hit her. So yeah, that yeah, was. Yeah. And then she and then she instantly like ran face first in the cage right. <laughs> like a second later. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I like Kim in this spot. I think it, she should win this fight. But it, there's that chance though that Mandy Bohm could dominate in the clinch and, and work some sort of Khabib style wrestling clinic on her. I don't know. Well, well, walk with me down the path of of my broken logic here. Is that when you have when you have women like this that are so low level skill wise, what what is the pull to even lean towards the minus money at all? Because they're both so bad. Yeah. Why not? Why yeah. not view it more as a 50-50, Which what it seems you should. You okay. should. Right. You should. And um, if you're betting this, you certainly should. If I'm picking it, I'm picking Kim because she's just a better fighter for the majority of the fight i think you know i think this does stay standing from what we've seen so far and i think she wins but yeah you're right like uh a, a favorite price tag when you're paying chalk in any line male or female any division the margin of error is far less than if you're playing plus money right so yeah if, you, if you're looking at let it at that lens for women's mma at this level yeah. even at the high level dude like you throw in a, an alexa grasso against shevchenko right come out on top all right, well, I know you got a part. This is part of your parlay, so let, let, I'll let you lead the dance here. Natan Levy taking on Pete Rodriguez. Eight and one for Levy and five and one for Pete. Uh, Levy at a minus 250 spot. Rodriguez plus 210, plus 211 over in rounds at one and a half. You said this fight was part of a parlay that you were putting together. What side of it is part of this parlay? 
the Todd Levy money line with uh, Carlos Olberg. So I got two fights back to back. I think this is, of course, the more risky part of that. Um, but people are making it sound like Pete Rodriguez is like the second coming of Mike Tyson, and it's getting me a little they bit really, nervous. They really um, are, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. But luckily, and I might, they might force my hand to put like 25 on Pete Rodriguez round one knockout, which is the only way he's proven to win a fight, and that's plus 850. So right. if you're looking to have some fun, you want to roll the dice on this guy's upset ability. That's the only way he's been proven to win a fight, and it's plus 850. So not bad at all. I might hedge out on that just a little bit since I have like two units on the on the parlay. But the Tom Levy's should be able to maintain distance. He's got more experience. He's faster. can switch stances. And he's got the grappling, too. He can just take the path of least resistance, hopefully, and get this fight to the mat and uh, work something. We, have, we haven't seen Pete Rodriguez leave. Have we seen him leave round one? I don't even think uh, one early round two performance yeah. where he got a knockout. So who knows what this guy looks like down the stretch. Levy by submission or decision is how I see this going. But I hope he just plays a safe fight and just takes the fight to the mat. And uh, hopefully we see Pete Gas out. That's how I see, I see this playing out. But yeah, everybody's talking about how this guy's boxing is so good. I mean, I guess we do know that he's somewhere between Mike Jackson and Jack Della Maddalena. We know he's somewhere it's in between. So He's somewhere skill-wise in between Jack Della and Mike Jackson. Right, he occupies some level, some real estate in between those two. He's What's somewhere that? on the space the space-time continuum. What does that parlay shake out? Is that like minus one thirty-five? What does that parlay come out at? You're close. I think it was minus one twenty-one. Minus one twenty-one. Okay. Because I got a pretty good price on Alberg. It was like minus two eighty, minus two ninety on him, and then minus oh. two eighty-five on Natan Levy. I overpaid it. I didn't think it would come back down. What you didn't pay the minus four hundred price. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, no, no. I mean the Natan Levy I overpaid yeah. for. Like I paid minus two eighty five on Natan Levy. Oh, now it's yeah. come down to minus two fifty. So I saved myself on the Olberg side, but not on the Levy side. Gotcha, but. gotcha. Uh, yeah, I'm on Levy here as well. But I mean, he, I, he. I don't want to say he has low fight IQ, but he has he has a tendency to just fumble. Uh, yeah. You know, use the use the new kids phrase, fumble the bag. Uh, in fights sometimes, dude. He just, he, he like just you use new kid logic uh, yeah. or phrases, dude. It's great. Yeah, it's you're, always, you're doing that a lot. I, yeah, I'm trying. You uh, used use cheeks the last time I was on. You're like, that's cheeks or something like that. No, I never said that. You did, yeah. <laughs> no you're way. like, he's cheeks. No, <laughs> I didn't say that. Hey, Jake, pull up the clip of him saying cheeks. Jake, I'll I'd pull say, it up after the show. I, no, I, I know I never, it's out there. I never said cheeks, unless I said it tongue in cheek. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, but no, I listen. I, I think I think Levy is he he has mental lapses, right? He he is he's shown himself to be. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't. Yeah, mental lapse, man. He he seems like he's not all the way in there sometimes. He he and he, he has just not impressed me the way I I have wanted him to uh, going into it. Right, like I had. Um. I think I think probably what burned me was the Hoffa Garcia fight. I, I didn't I really was not um really was not blown away, you know, by that. And I don't know now looking at that if that was such a uh, a bad loss or not, because Hoffa's been kind of hit and miss there with what he's done. So maybe it was just a matter of skill uh and experience based on where Levy was at in, in his career. He should definitely be the favorite against Pete Rodriguez. I don't understand why everybody's acting like Pete Rodriguez. Like you said, it's the second coming of Mike Tyson. Um, I really don't see where that's coming from. I don't understand the Rodriguez love. I guess my thing that is shying me away from this is the mental lapses of Levy. I just don't particularly 
think that he's he, he's locked in and dialed in enough to get Pete out of there, short of Pete doing something really dumb, which leads the fight to extend. And I don't, I just don't know what to expect. So this is a pass fight for me. I have no action on this whatsoever. Yeah, you're the lucky one. But uh, it was Pete Rodriguez that pulled out of the fight the last time this was booked, right? So it was probably something say, minor. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was disclosed, but it's something minor. This is his first time going back down to 155 in a, in a bit, I think. So yeah, who knows? Yeah. All right, man. Let's uh, let's get the next one. What do we got here? Cody Stamen taking on Douglas Silva, Dion Drage. Uh, 28 and five taking on Cody statement, 21, five and one <clears throat> Cody statement in a minus one forty five here. Silva the Andrade plus one twenty five, And I love this as far as matchmaking goes. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to pretend that I'm not excited about this, this fight. This is, I don't want to say like hardcore fan, but this, if you're like, a, if you're a fight fan and you're watching these events week in and week out, like we do, this is great matchmaking. This is a fight that you earmarked when you saw the announcement as being something you should pay attention to and one that you're excited about. I don't love that it's buried in the middle of the prelims. This should be, you know, in my opinion, this should be a main card bout. I, I love I love this fight. This is fireworks. Cody Stamen, great wrestling, good good cardio, um, good hands. And Douglas Silva, the Andrade, it's impossible for me to wrap my head around the fact that this guy is not pissing through the USADA cup every time they, they go to test them. I mean, his, his cardio is through the roof. He's 0% body fat. He hits like a truck. He kicks lightning fast. Uh, his energy is through his fast twitch muscles are just like that of a cheetah. He's unbelievable. And he's old, which I don't understand. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's going up against Cody Stamen, who's as polished as you could ever want a fighter to be. Uh, over and around at two and a half here. They have two and a half to get it done. Cody Stamen not known for finishing, uh, while Douglas Silva DeAndrade will definitely finish you if you give him the opportunity. Uh, dude, this this has this has fight of the night written all over it. I'm excited. Yeah, it's a really fun matchup here. And I went into the you ever have these beautiful moments? Maybe they're not beautiful, but you go into the preconceived notion of the matchup. You see the name. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, I want to bet Cody Stamen here. This is he's fighting somebody old, a little bit inactive. He's got the wrestling. He can take the knockout artist off of his feet and win this fight. It's a pretty good price tag on it. I'm going to bet Cody Stamen. Let's dive into this deeper. And I came out loving Douglas Silva Day and Drudge. I came out with a bet on the underdog here, I even at 37 years old, almost 38 at bantamweight. That's the only red flag I could come up with in this fight. That's that's it. Yeah. You know. So as far as the technical striking goes, I give it to D Silva. Uh, Cody Stamen does have power, but he can never get out of range. He can never get in and out of range without getting hit more than he lands right. uh, ever. And if he can't get the fight to the mat and then dominate the wrestling for the whole fight, he falls apart. That's any any fight he's ever had. He falls apart if he can't get the fight to the mat and hold it there. So uh, D Silva is very good. He floats his hips on top when he gets taken down. He scrambles well. He's got the BJJ, but he's got power in his hands, and I think he's going to keep this on the feet. Look, the guy just had a close fight with... Saeed Nurmagomedov, who's a yes. very long fighter, distance yes. striker, creative, unpredictable. He got in his face and put his fist on his chin repeatedly in that fight. So, yes. yeah, I mean, aside from him being almost 38, that's the only red flag I have. Everything else, including cardio, I like for D Silva. So I have a unit and a half on him at plus 135. I love it, man. I, I'm glad we ended up on the same side of this one because I'm all over Douglas here. I, I think this is a great spot for him. Mm-hmm. Um Cody seems wishy-washy. Yes, he he is very consistent, right? I mean, he's you know he 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 will um, he will perform more or less the same way 
uh, each and every time out. But that inability to rise to the occasion, um, it, it almost leads him to a position where he will fight down to competition as well. Uh, I think the Andrade is, is just going to take the fight to him, man, and make him uncomfortable and force a mistake. I really do. We also forgot about the most uh, startling part here is that Cody Stamen just came in against uh, Luan Lacerda in January in Brazil. I think it was a short notice bout for Lacerda. Cody Stamen's a minus 500 favorite or so, yeah. minus 400, minus 500 on closing. Luan Lacerda is a debuting fighter from Brazil, submission specialist. So Cody Stamen did the smart thing. He didn't wrestle. He didn't. He didn't risk it in the dangerous guard of this guy. Right. And he had a competitive striking match that he almost lost against a grapple only guy. He dropped round three and right. almost dropped one of those other rounds. So, I mean that that was the last nail in the coffin. I had to remind myself that he yeah he won unanimously, but that was a close fight and it should not have been. Right. Yeah. The line would indicate that it was going to be a, a it was going to be a wash and it it was not. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm on I'm on. Uh, Silva the Andrade here. All right, man. If that wasn't the people's main event, the next one certainly is. Carl Williams taking on Chase Sherman. The Vanilla Gorilla 16 and 11 taking on Carl Williams at 8 and 1. I see – I don't know anybody on Chase Sherman here. Uh, plus 325 for him. Carl Williams minus 425. Odin rounds a 2.5. I don't know anybody on Chase Sherman here, and I don't know how you could be if you're entertaining it because Chase Sherman thinks that he can win, win fights just by having, like, uh, somebody said earlier, I'm going to get you to break your hand on my face. I mean, that's that's his way of inflicting punishment. It's just I'm going to walk forward, act frustrated, move my head side to side without actually moving my head side to side. And he just gets that forehead just fucking pummeled every single fight um, and just gets frustrated and can't find second gear. Uh, tries inside leg kicks, right hands, and they're always sloppy. Uh, it never it never really lands. I think, you know, the only concern coming back from the Carl Williams side is him using too much energy in the event that he gets Chase Sherman hurt. If he shoots for a takedown, goes for a big slam, and is going for sort of wild punches, kind of like we saw um, in the junior Toffa fight uh, a couple weeks back where, like, you get them in these weird scrambles and then you're going to, you know, you're just throwing so hard trying to get them out of there that, you know, the, the body just starts to fail you. That, that's really kind of the only way Carl Williams loses this fight. Chase Sherman has shown himself to be durable. Um, if I were Carl Williams, this is me, I would attack the body. I think Chase Sherman's is vulnerable to the body. I think takedowns, I think body work, I, I think, you know, making him question why he's in there without trying to separate him from consciousness is the way to get him out of there. But I see everybody on Carl Williams. I won't play Chase Sherman at plus 325. Uh, I'd go under two and a half here. Mm. Yeah, I mean, what is under two and a half? Do you have it up? I'll pull it up right now. Jake, pull up the under two and a half. <laughs> you like having a producer, Jake, in the background. Like <laughs> no, I'll look it up. We're good here. No, uh, the, the issue is, uh, as you're doing that, is I think the only reason why like Chase Sherman could even be an option is because Carl Williams is Minus a little bit undersized for heavyweight and... He doesn't have a finishing like uh, potential in this fight, which means that you're going to be in an extended heavyweight fight, a little undersized, and that's just more time. You're going to have that heavyweight volatility still lingering in the air, and I'd be nervous the whole time having money on Carl Williams, which I do have money on Carl Williams. I've got him parlayed with the main event with Jilton. So juicy boy parlay 
you know, I've got that going for me. Same with Natan Levy and Alberg. Just really just getting my D-Gen on for this card as far yeah. as that goes. But um, I think Carl Williams should just take him down. Chase Sherman loses every fight he gets taken down. Right. He wins He wins when he doesn't get taken down. And then sometimes when he doesn't get taken down, he still loses. So <laughs> Chase Sherman's just not good, if we're being honest with him. It would just... No, but I want there to be... And actually, uh, my guy Wiz, you know, Wiz, yeah. the man formerly known as Wiz Bets, he's Wiz Does now. He's now Wiz doing Does, of, yeah. Doing a lot of interviews. He had Braxton Smith on yesterday. Yeah, I saw and, um Yeah, and he, Braxton Smith wants Chase Sherman part two. He wants the, the long-awaited rematch that we've all been clamoring for. Yeah. He wants Braxton Smith Sherman two, and that's going to headline a fight night card, I'm sure, by the time it's like 2024. <laughs> I, I, I would have I would have no doubt. They're um, going to increase the price of ESPN Plus by $10 a month, and then they're going to make that be the first fight night main event. <laughs> you know what's crazy is it'll be, it'll be the first fight night main event because they're going to book something ludicrous. We'll get like um, – I'm trying to think of something really sloppy. We'll get like Kennedy and Jekway versus Paul Craig God. and – and Paul Craig will get part hurt. two. Part yeah. two. Uh, no, Kennedy didn't fight Paul Craig, didn't he? Oh wait, no, I'm thinking of somebody else. You thinking I... Jamal Hill? Uh, no, am I, am I getting my my tall, lanky black guys mixed up at the light heavyweight division? Dude, if Kennedy and Jeffrey fought Paul, Paul no, Craig... I'm getting my timelines mixed up. Okay, all right, that's all right. Anyway, it'll be something like that, and then it'll fall out like the the week of, and then they'll the co-main will be like something ludicrous it'll be you know michelle waterson and um it's already ridiculous <laughs> An antonina shevchenko and then antonina shevchenko is going to get sick during the broadcast and then we'll get we'll get horse she'll she was in the crowd <laughs> yeah, we'll get, she was in the crowd <laughs> we'll, we'll get braxton smith versus jay sherman that's how this happens good that's, lord that's how and that's just if neither one of them get cut between now and then which is highly likely all right Speaking of guys that are going to get cut, Matt Brown, 23 and 19, taking on Court McGee at 21 and 11. Uh, Matt Brown, one foot in, one foot out, has been for the last decade now. Court McGee never finished, but then he goes in there and he fights uh, Jeremiah Wells and he takes a big time nap, but then he bounces back. He's a minus 235 favorite here against Matt, the immortal Brown. Does uh, mortality reach out? and put its icy cold fingers on Matt Brown's shoulder this weekend and tell him it is no more? Mm, I'm not sure about this one, man. Like, I, <laughs> It's just uh, the path of least resistance, of course, is Court yeah. McGee taking this fight to the mat, grinding out a wrestling performance, and I oh, think he, yeah. still has, he still has a few more of those performances in his tank, whereas Matt Brown would need this to be on the feet, against the cage, dirty boxing, yeah. vicious elbows he's known for, striking yeah. at range. And no Court way. McGee not doing anything in the in terms of wrestling, um, but I don't trust either man's. I, I don't trust Matt Brown's durability. I don't trust his cardio. Yeah, and I don't trust his wrestling defense. Um, but I, <laughs> I mean, where the money line is, that is the problem. Because like, what I, I would probably trust Court McGee and and play him at minus one sixty. You know, yeah, it's at minus two thirty. Like this is wild. And then I would like I would like to play McGee by decision. Or fight goes to decision, which is you know not that bad of chalk. But then I got to rely on both these guys staying conscious, even though they're towards the end of their career, which right. I don't want to do that either. So it's yeah. just a pass, just a pass betting wise. I lean Court McGee by decision uh, as the prediction here. But if this stays standing, Matt Brown certainly has a uh, value at plus one ninety five. I'll be looking at McGee round three or decision. Um, 
is is kind of once that once that avails itself to me, I'll be leaning there. Um, uh, I think Nickel said it best in the comments. I think Brown wins round one. McGee wins wins round two, three decision. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly correct. But I think Brown could win this early round round two. Didn't he do that against Diego Lima a couple of years ago? Didn't he like get like an yeah. early round two knockout yep. or something like that? Yep. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong on that, but no. I mean, it was it was it was a Lima fight. I'm talking. Uh, I can't remember when it happened. Yeah, I mean, McGee by decision yeah, is even two, money. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's where I would go with it. But then yeah. I got to worry about these guys staying conscious, you know? So, yeah. Hmm. Where's well, this fight at? Is that Charlotte again? Yeah, yeah. it's okay. Well, I think, down, right? Where's McGee from? Is he from uh, somewhere? I thought, he was a, I thought he was a West Coast guy. Isn't he like a Portland guy or something like that? Iowa, no, not Iowa. Brown's a, an Iowa, uh, Ohio boy, Ohio too, guy. Too. Yeah, yeah. Trained well, at trained at Westside Barbell. Trained at Strong Style. Well, the, the issue with Matt Brown has always been the cardio and the, the body. He just he cannot. The, the, the way to hurt Matt Brown is to punch him in his belly. He doesn't like that. At he's all. he's super finish dependent, which you don't. You never thought about when he's fighting, like in the middle of his career. But now, towards the end, looking back at his body of work, it's very finish dependent. He's two and six in decisions. Right, right. I would lean Court McGee round three or decision, uh, or that round three decision, like double double action. Um, that that's kind of where I would lean um, at this point. Like you said, in their career, I don't I don't want to lean on. The, the consciousness aspect of it. I think Court McGee getting knocked out by Jeremiah Wells. I mean, he'd never been finished prior to that. I'm not worried about Court Except McGee. Except for Ponzi. Just Ponzi. Like, right. TK. I'm not I'm not worried about Court McGee's chin. That that doesn't that doesn't worry me. Matt Brown worries me. I don't like the idea of playing Court McGee by decision and having Matt Brown be dog ass tired at the eight minute mark. And there's just he just, you know, war of attrition, death by a thousand cuts, and then he's out. So um I'd be looking at Court McGee round three year decision, and that's about it. I really don't. I'm not super invested in having action on this, so I don't. I don't need to have it. I like both these guys, though, man. They're both from a, a pretty fun era of the Ultimate Fighter back when I used yes. to watch it regularly. Um, Court McGee, Matt Brown, both of these guys have had like what? weren't they both like on methamphetamine at some point and died? Yeah, yeah, they're um, uh, yeah. Recovery. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty. Yeah, this is this is like they're gonna play this in like all of the Narcotics Anonymous meetings. They're gonna have this fight playing, and they're gonna be like, "This is what you could be if you just get over your vices." Do you think it's the? Uh, do you think it's the? I mean, Matt Brown again has been in and out for a while. I think this has to be the farewell, right? Their featured prelim spot. It's almost like they're telling them, "I'm gonna showcase you guys. You need to go ahead and throw the gloves down." Yeah, welterweight's weird, right? Like they could definitely save. It depends if Matt Brown wants to fight. Like he could be saved to have some fun matchups and like be fed to a better prospect than than Court McGee, right? Is like, there? Is like there they is could still. I feel like they could they could branch this fight off and feed both these guys to future contenders stepping well, up off the contenders. People, but I'm saying, is there a single fight in welterweight right now that you would you would cap Matt Brown as a favorite over? Is there a single fighter at welterweight you would cap Matt Brown as a favorite over? Hmm. I have to think about how deep that division is. Um, there's probably some contender series kid that they signed last season that, yeah, I probably want at least even yeah. money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, maybe. There might be like some some gas bag. Is there any welterweight's a weird division? There's not a whole lot of them, is there? That there 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 really isn't. It's it's one of the more shallow. Um okay. All right. As is customary, you're not required, and nor nor do we hold your feet to the fire on this, but 
like to recap from top to bottom, just money line leans. This isn't necessarily an indication of, of any bet being placed, but just rather a money line lean. So argument. you're not asking my picks. You're asking which way I lean the value yes. side. You yes. want the value side. Yeah. If people want to know your actual plays, they need to go over to your channel, Addicted <laughs> to Combat. They need to click the subscribe button, and they need to watch any of the 38 pieces of content you put out every week, all which That's are very true. high quality, none of which have sleeves on them, and all of them are entertaining. Right. Thank you. Thank you. What are you doing on uh, Saturday? It's a daytime card. Do we know why that is, by the way? Why is uh, this a daytime card? Is it for any any of the Irish that want to see Ian Gary fight? Is that why they're putting this in the daytime? I think it's... Um, is there something better? Is there some ABC movie of the week that takes the nighttime time slot? <laughs> uh, it's ABC and there might be it might be NBA games, maybe. I don't know. Because oh, okay. NBA playoffs are going on right now. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It might, it might be. Sorry, I didn't mean to smack the mic. Sorry, headphones users. Um but no, if, if I'm, doing, wanna... I'm probably going to be doing a fight companion uh, okay. with, uh, with some of the normal crew. So you're always welcome to bounce in. Uh, okay. Dale. Yeah. Maybe shoot me, uh, shoot me the link and I might be able to hop into that. Um, we'll see. Yeah, cause... I think it's at 10, I think pre early prelims start at 1130 your time. Oh, in the morning. Yeah. Uh, can I give me for next week? Because I'm, I'll have the kids this week. So I'm not, there's no way. All right, I got you. <laughs> I mean, they can, they can hop on too. We're, we're I'm gonna keep my kids off the internet as long as I possibly can. <laughs> uh all right, just money line leans, okay? Jessica Rose right. Clark, Tanera Lisboa. Lisboa. Agreed. Battle and green. Green. I'm on battle. Boom and Kim. Kim. I'm on boom. All right. Levy and Rodriguez. Levy. I'm on Levy. Uh Silva DeAndraj and Stamen. DeAndraj. Agreed. Sherman and Williams. Money line lean here to Willie uh, Sherman's the money line lean if I had to because it's heavyweight. Okay, I'm on. I'm on Williams still. <laughs> Matt Brown, Court McGee. Uh, what about Olberg and Pateria? Oh, I have that listed as on the main card. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, McGee. I'm on McGee as well. Morono and Means. Morono. And then the, here I've got Patera and uh, Olberg. Yeah, Olberg still. Um, Olberg is like the even still at what yeah. 90% implied it's still Olberg. Yeah, Olberg. Uh Daniel Rodriguez, Ian Gary. Daniel Rodriguez. I'm Rodriguez as well. Smith and Walker. Walker. He's like he's plus he's the plus money side almost. Walker as well. And Almeida Rosenstrike. <laughs> Almeida, even even still, <laughs> even, even still. at minus even at minus a thousand, this yeah. guy's gonna get. Like I said, man, it's gonna take what like ten seconds. He gets the first takedown. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right, man. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming on. This was a little bit longer of a show. You know, I, know I love you, it, man. You can keep it around an hour. Uh, I know you can. I know you can. But I, I, I'm old, bro. I can't, man. I I gotta take my ass to bed uh, at a certain point. Look, tell people where they can find you at and what you got going on and all that kind of good stuff. Hey, it was a pleasure meeting Drew Dober. Thanks for introducing me to yeah. uh, to the to the. I was the third wheel. It felt great, you know. I, I should do that more often. <laughs> I was just sorry, sitting there watching you guys sip wine. It was awesome. Uh, I'm sorry, um, but my name is Patrick. For those of you who don't know me, haven't seen me and Dale shoot the breeze before. I run a channel called Addicted to Combat on YouTube. Go ahead and give me a subscribe over there. I do full card breakdowns, best bets. I have a guest every single week on my live stream on Wednesday nights. Tomorrow I'll be having Dan Levy from Half the Battle. First time on, on my show as well, so it'll be fun to chop it up with somebody new. 
And uh, like I said, this Saturday we'll be doing the live stream, Fight Companion. So I'll be streaming the entire time uh, the fights are going on on Saturday morning. It should be fun. I'll have like guys like Johnny K. Picks, Cody from Blood Money MMA Bets, even my guy Effie from the Eddie Action Sportscast in the comments. Yeah. He's always welcome as well. He knows that. So, yeah, and on Twitter at Combat Addict One. Good luck in all of your betting action this weekend, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Austin's like, great, man. Thank you, yeah. Austin. I, I co-sign all the stuff uh, Patrick's you know says and does, man. I can. There's not a lot of people out there that I that I continually give my 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 time and attention to, uh, just because there's a million there's a million things out there vying for your attention, right? Um, <laughs> th- there really is. So it's hard to like dedicate. And you're a hard ass. So I, I really respect it when it comes from you. When there any kind of words comes from you, you're what are you uh, talking you know, about, dude. I'm really like I feel like Come you're on. you're very critical of uh, you know you just you keep it real you keep it real so yeah. I know that when you say something it means it has some weight to it. Wow, I appreciate that. Um, no, listen, I, I I I've told you this before. And I'll I'll tell you to you again. Um, I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate the, the time that you give me, the shared audience that you give. Um, and I appreciate that you come prepared and and willing to rock and roll. Uh, I will I will extend a, a small. A small apology. It's been a long time since I've had two people and a guest. So if I dominated the Drew thing a little bit, that's my bad. It's I'm a little out of practice in that regard. I, I, the whole point um, is to let him talk, you know. So it, right. was, it was cool. He's a great he's a great interview guest because he just takes whatever you say and runs with it yeah, five man. times, you know. Yeah, he's he's good people. Um, so yeah, guys, go go subscribe to Patrick's stuff. Uh, you know, you, you can feel free to do the same here. You can like, share, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Boston Bruce Brett says block eight nineteen. The collab needs to happen. Got you, buddy. I got you. Um, uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about UFC two ninety two. Uh, we need to get something in the Midwest going because I can get Spirit flights out to I think Chicago for like a hundred bucks or something like that, man. So we can get out towards your way if they get a Milwaukee card or a Chicago card or something yeah, it's like been that. A while we, we're we're going to Bellator uh, two ninety. What was it two ninety two? No, not two ninety two. That happened already. Two ninety something. Okay. Whatever the one in whatever the one mid, middle of June is with Romero uh, yeah. fighting for the belt. So we're, uh, I'm going to that with. Uh, have you seen Victor De Jesus in the comments yep. section? Yeah, yep. he's he's coming. He's sitting with uh, me, Cody, and Johnny, and all of our female companions are, are coming with us too. So it should be a fun affair. Oh, that'll be a good time, man. That'll be a good time. Yeah, next time we can get some out that way, um, we'll do it. Yep. And if not, there there is one thing that I that I noticed that uh, that I would like to. That, you know, based off of what I saw in 288 uh, this weekend, I would like to, at, at a certain point, if we can, um, get some of us that are a little bit more on the, on the level, like, um, you know, maturity and money-wise, try to get something out like in Vegas together where we all meet up then yeah, be fun. and kind of do it up, you know. Um, met, met, a, met a lot of cool people this weekend, um, which was which was really great. So Who'd you meet for that that I would know? Uh, so well, Austin in the chat here, he, yeah. he was there this weekend. Oh, cool. Um, and then just some other people from Twitter that, that I, that I follow, um, or that follow me, um, on Twitter and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was cool. We just, just got to meet, just got to meet a couple people. Um, I was trying to, I want to get up with, um, hammer bets and the guys over at chronic and propaholic. Uh, but the crazy dude, I full disclosure, I have bootleg cell phone service because I'm super cheap. Um, and inside, like the dome of the arena, I did not have service. So I had to walk out to the concessions to get my text messages to go through and to get on Twitter. And I don't have their their message, like their um, 
their phone numbers. So I just really didn't keep giving that it. happens in arenas a lot to me yeah. too. I didn't have yeah, enough. I, didn't I have think enough all their there. all their equipment and Bluetooth nonsense always knocks out the signal. Yeah, I just didn't. Honestly, at a certain point, I just didn't care enough anymore because I had enough to drink, and I was just like, you "Yeah, know and Drew's about to fight soon." <laughs> yeah, and I'm just I'm just enjoying the fights. I'm not going to be like, "Hey, let's in between fights, let's go meet by the, you know, the Nissan Ultima that they've got on display down by the thing." I, I, I mean. I didn't go there with those guys, so it was I didn't like feel the need to push that issue. But there were right, some right. people that knew I was going to be there because I've been pushing it on the show, and I got the got to shake some hands and meet some people that you know. It's still a, it's it's growing, and I love that the sport's growing. It still feels super small when you meet people like that. It's like we all have this weird interest where we like to just watch people beat each other up, and we all like martial arts. And it's uh, a lot of us that are in the YouTube community, especially betting wise. You know, we're all diehard fans that follow every single piece of information that comes out. You know, we're talking about Mandy Bowman, G and Kim, for God's sake. Right. You know, you know, you know, we're into the sport. So it's fun to meet those people that are on that level, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Guys, uh, if you haven't already, please like, subscribe, share, all that kind of good stuff, all the shit I already said. And then we'll see everybody for fights on Saturday. You can watch Fight Companion over on Patrick's channel, Dick Combat on YouTube. You can watch fights along with him and a couple other great cappers as well on Saturday. If not, I will see everybody either on Twitter on Saturday or next Tuesday we'll be live. Um, may or may not have Haley Cowan on um, next Tuesday. Ooh. And then I think Johnny's next weekend or the weekend after, so we'll have Johnny K. Picks on as well. So nice, um, we're, we got a, we got a couple guests lined up for the upcoming week. So it'll be a good time. All right, be good to each other. God bless. We'll see you guys later on. Cheers.